Do you think if you save poor Catherine, you could make them stop, don't you? You think if Catherine lives, you won't wake up in the dark ever again to that awful screaming of the lambs? I don't know. I don't know. they say about me when I'm out of here for too long. <laughs> Welcome back to Blood, Sweat, and Popcorn, guys. It's me, your host, John. And thank you for stopping by today. Feminist movies, eat your heart out. The Silence of the Lambs is a celluloid power move on steroids. Winner of the Big Five at the 1992 Academy Awards, winning for Best Picture, Director, Actor, actress, and screenplay. To date, it shares that honor with only two other films in Oscar history. Since its release, The Silence of the Lambs has grown deep pop culture roots, being parodied and mimicked, honored and revered in the near 30 years since its release. For this episode, my friend Erica is my guest and we dive deep into this film's themes of power and sex, respect and reputation. We also touch on the masterful work of blocking and foreshadowing that is on display in virtually every scene. This is truly a masterwork in contemporary horror. If you like what you hear and you dig this episode, go follow us at BSP Film Podcast on Instagram and Twitter where we're always posting new content between episodes. Let's get started. Put on some FBI Academy sweats. Turn down that Tom Petty. Pour yourself some fine Chianti. And don't go near the glass as we return to the silence of the lambs. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. They caught a shark, not the shark. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. We're tonight's entertainment. This is some serious gourmet. Showtime! I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown. I you. You gotta do something or just stand there and bleed. How's that for a slice of fried gold? Here's Johnny! Okay, guys, welcome back to Blood, Sweat, and Popcorn. Today we're going to talk Silence of the Lambs. I have my really good friend Erica mm-hmm. here. Hi, hi, Erica. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Finally, we're here. Finally got you talking, here. Talking, talking, uh, talking some Silence of the Lambs. I can't wait. That's my favorite. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> okay, well let's let's begin. Let's um. Okay. Let's talk about this. Yeah. So so, um, I turn this down just mm-hmm. on the on That's the computer. Fine. Um, so we begin mm-hmm. and, you know, this, this movie is based on the book by Richard, H- Thomas Harris. Mm-hmm. Richard Harris was an actor. Mm-hmm. Thomas Harris was the author. Mm-hmm. Not related though. Mm. Do we know? Really? Well, one guy's from America and one guy's from England. So the so? likelihood is low. Really? I feel like it, they could be related. I mean, they could be. They could be. I doubt that they are though. Okay. Um, <clears throat> We open up on uh, 
Quantico. I want to ask you this Wait, question. Yeah, tell me. Ask me. What? So do you think it's, it makes a difference at all, or do you care if a film opens up and the credits are going across the screen mm -hmm. and then we get to the story? Or do you like more like a cold open where there's no credits, maybe not even a title, or maybe just the I title? Love, I do love a good cold open when it's done well, mm -hmm. um, which I'm sure you probably know this. You know, the first film to have the credits at the end, right? Do you know this? You, you, you don't don't quiz me this whole episode because we're gonna be here for a long time. Just, 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 just. You don't. Know, I feel like you do know this, and you are gonna. When I say the answer, you're gonna be like, "Oh, wait, I did know that." Star Wars. Star Wars was the first film to ever have the credits at the end. You knew this. Nah. Yes, yes. He was. Um, what's his face? No, oh, the Godfather. The Godfather had the credits at the end. When did Star Wars come out? Seventy-seven. When is when did the Godfather come out? Seventy-two. I was told that because because like the um, closing shot of the Godfather is Kay having the door closing in on her when Corleone is getting mm -hmm. like designated as the new Don. Mm -hmm. It's a great closing shot, mm -hmm. and then doo, there's doo, doo, there's doo, nothing doo. there's nothing at the beginning of the Godfather. Just the title card, the Godfather. Well, then why was George Lucas fined like a hundred thousand dollars or whatever for having the credits at the end? I think because he didn't have credits at the beginning. He just had the right. opening crawl of Star Wars. Yeah, so there was nothing. I so don't what know. was that? The... Might have been he might have been part of the like the guild, and they might have had the union rules on how you had to have. Yeah, yeah. Stuff. So he was. I always thought he was the first one to, to do it. I don't know. Mm. What do either of us know, anyways? Right. Right. So. No. So I said I... said that to say this because mm -hmm. Silence of the Lambs does have opening credits. Yeah. And. They're very like almost televised. They're very like mm -hmm. like I watch a TV show. Mm -hmm. How they how they kind of just and they don't, they don't fade in. They're not subtle. Yeah. They're very hard. Doo, yeah, doo, it's funny doo, that, doo. that you're even saying this because I thought that when I was watching it last night. So I was watching it last night and trying to watch it with different eyes. And I've seen this film, John. I've seen this film so many times, and there was still Same. Thing, there's things last night that I was like, oh shit, I didn't even put like, and we'll get to it. Like I don't want to like put the cart before the horse here, but. There was things I was like, Erica, like, how did you not see that? You know what I mean? Well, that's just the beauty of re repeat viewings. Yes. And especially when you're looking for stuff. Um, another great fact, which I know you know this, mm -hmm. is the third film to get the big five yes. at the Oscars. Yes. Um, which you know I'm an Oscars nerd. I love the Oscars. I, I, I have noticed. Um, love I see your I see your Twitter. Mm -hmm. you know. Um, oh, is it time for me to plug my my Twitter already? No, we'll get to that. All plugins, <laughs> plugs are at the end. Um, so we op open up and we, we see Clarice Starling. Our, mm -hmm. our wait, hold on. Can our, we uh, can we talk? Because I wanted to talk about this because up? this film is almost as old as I am. It came out in '91, and I'm always interested to hear about people like how like when was the first time you saw it? Like this film's so old. Like when were you first introduced to it? So for me, um, I I was way too young to see it in like the movie theater. Sure. Um, Same. Same And I want to say I didn't even see it. So I was dating a girl in high school, and okay, humble brag. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> Whoa! Watch out, stud muffins coming through here. I was dating a girl in high school, mm -hmm. and I was at her house, and her brother was watching it mm -hmm. on, on VHS. Mm -hmm. 
and I never saw it before. I just mm-hmm. heard the name. Sure. And I knew about who Hannibal Lecter was, but I never ever had the basis of the story in my hmm. head. See, that's interesting. Like, how did you know who he was? Because, you know, like, well, is it, it cultural? It's cultural think? because, yeah. like, it's he's got that iconic mask he mm-hmm. wears. And, yeah. And um, we'll get more about Lecter's character soon. But, yeah. um, <clears throat> but no, uh, it was a scene we were watching it, and I was kind of, like, wasn't paying attention to the movie. I was hanging out with a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And it was a scene where Buffalo Bill tucks his stuff mm-hmm. in. I'm like, what the fuck are we watching? Mm-hmm. What is this movie? How old do you think you were? It had to have been, like, 14 or 15. Mm. So, but, like, not a year or two later, I, I uh, decided to uh, to actually see it. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I got the DVD. The duties were just then coming out mm-hmm. into prominence. And I got the DVD from Blockbuster. I'm oh. really dating myself. R.I.P. Love, yeah. love Blockbuster. I miss it. Yeah. And it's... You know, when I was in Alaska, I went to one of the last Blockbusters. I th- I want to say I read that the last Blockbuster is still active. Or in Oregon. Oregon. Mm-hmm. But and, the uh, second to last was in Alaska, and it was still open when I was there. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's crazy. It was crazy. It was so cool. But it was also, like, really sad. And they had these, like, little like shirts and hoodies and stuff that was like the state of alaska and it said like you know alaska is like the last frontier right right so it was like the last blockbuster you know whatever mm-hmm. it was cute it was cute gotcha yeah and r.i.p blockbuster r.i.p yes. so i watched it and I watched it again i made my friend watch it and i was like oh wow this is actually like a really good movie and then i remember this oh that was your reaction oh this is a really good movie that, well yeah i finally saw the whole thing and i was like this is really you know i, I wasn't a student of film mm per se at that time but I was mm-hmm. really interested in how films were made so I loved yeah. like special features mm-hmm. and behind the scenes yes. and interviews and yeah so and I started watching a lot of stuff about the um and this is this is right before the time Red Dragon was about to come out into mm. the movie theater um and I, I watched that and then my dad had showed me Hannibal Hannibal was already out Right. So I watched Hannibal, and then Red Dragon came out like a year later. Yeah. And I remember I was like the fir- I, that's actually the first R-rated movie I saw as a seventeen-year-old in the theater uh, that I could go see like on my own. In the theater was Red Dragon. Yep. Yeah. Did you go with your dad? No, one, one of my friends from school. Mm. And uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. It was good. Um, but uh, but nothing really tipped the scales like yeah. the Silence of the Lambs did. Right. <clears throat> so. For me, I remember being like young like I want to like I I'm trying to think of what age I could have been I definitely wasn't in high school I had to have been in middle school and I remember my mom like you know how this is one of those films that's like always on like TMC or uh, TNT or you know whatever right right I remember my mom like we were I don't know like cleaning or something one day and then I remember it being on TV and she's like oh Whenever this is on TV, I have to sit down and watch it. I'm like, what? You know? Okay. So it's like that's like my first memory of the film. I feel like a lot of people um, approach a film like this movie mm-hmm. um, in one or two ways. Yeah. Um, it's either a hard yes or a hard no because it's right. so graphic. It's so violent. But it's not that violent. Mm-mm. But, but the, it... the content and the implications thereof are very, very very severe and very dark yeah and in that turn it makes it really scary mm-hmm. but i think people get wrapped up in the uh the great the great acting 
and the great story. Mm-hmm. And especially women, I think you, you tell me you're the woman here, but you know, can really relate to Clarice Starling because mm-hmm. she's this, you know, not like she's this badass Xena warrior princess, but she's just like still but making she her. Is. Well, she is because she has to be. She kind of right, and she wants to be. Right. So, and you're watching her, like you're seeing her figure it out, right? Like, yeah, it's no longer like, it's not, it's not Bruce Willis or Arnold Schwarzenegger right. or someone, it's a big macho dude, right, saving the day. It's Clarice, and and she plays, and you know she is the woman, or she is a woman, and so she still has feminine qualities where you know she's sensitive. She's um, she gets attached, you know, to wanting to solve this case. There's more of a connection there with her being a female, I feel, than yes. men are very methodical problems here. Mm-hmm. The, like, the, the table's on fire. Mm-hmm. I put the fire out. Problem mm-hmm. solved. Where, mm-hmm. I know Clarice does a lot of digging, and, you know, and she, and she gets hooked in with Dr. Lecter. Yeah. And it's never but like... she gets hooked in with the victims, too. And that's... Well, yeah. That's different also. And I think it's because she's a woman, there's yeah. this connection there that... Um, was really in its infancy in exploration and film because before, like I said before, it was really male-driven. Um, so, and even, but think about it too. And we'll get here. Like again, I don't want to put the cart before the horse here. But even the victim, right? Like, um, oh shoot, what was her name? The one who's died. Catherine Martin. Catherine, thank you. Um, Catherine, like even when she's down in that well and is fucking terrified, you know, she sees the nails on the 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 well and everything she knows what happens when you're when you're down here but she still figures it out do you know what i mean like Catherine does correct yeah like I mean, she she grabs the dog yeah you know, i mean we'll get and there. she makes a plan yeah we'll get there but that's where like and we were talking about this last night kind of that like i really think yes this is like a you can place it in like the horror genre thriller crime whatever but i really think and i really believe that this is a feminine like a feminist film because it does all of the things showing you how women are treated like if you watch like the camera acts as the male gaze in so many oh we'll get uh, into yeah, that for sure. yeah i have that marked written yes. down too yes and <clears throat> like just making her even like you know that elevator shot when she gets on the elevator and they're all surrounding her and making her look so small mm-hmm. you know um there's just so many things that are pointing out like hey she's a woman she's a woman she's a woman you're always throughout this film reminded she's a woman yeah but i think that's also one of the, the strengths because mm-hmm. you don't forget that right. she's a woman right and when she when the the, the day is saved it's the woman Mm-hmm. Who 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 wins it? Um, Absolutely. So let's get into the film. Okay, um, sorry, we kind of. That's okay. Um, so we start off in, in Old Quantico, which mm-hmm. I've been to many times. I actually never been out to where the FBI Academy is. I was is. gonna say, do you run in those woods? <laughs> so I have ran those woods. Really? Um, With that like little obstacle course? No. Um, so where I've done my training, we we did it on the other side, on the main side of, mm-hmm. of Quantico's base, um, for my professional military education school. Mm-hmm. Um, where uh, where the FBI Academy is at is located more where the uh, the embassy security group school is at. All, all American embassies in the world are guarded by Marines, and their schools on Quantico, which is just down the street from the FBI Academy. Um, 
but uh, and all, all of our Marine Corps officers, yeah. they they train in those exact woods. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah, so she's doing her thing, mm-hmm. and she gets pulled off the course to mm-hmm. go meet uh, Jack Crawford. Well, I think that's important too to to note that. The, that? the film opens with her in an upward climb, right? Like she's stre- she's running, she's climbing mm-hmm. upward. She's, yep. she, you're showing that she has to like she's str- like not to say that she's struggling, right? But like we're we're showing a, immediately that this is not like not that because she's killing it. She's killing it. Not that it's not easy for her, but like this is something she has to work at. Yeah, you know what I mean. Totally, totally. Um... But she, like you said, she's succeeding through. She's getting oh, through. Oh, absolutely! She's fucking killing it. And I literally wrote, "She's a fearless badass bitch." Like I literally wrote that on my, like so many times on my little notes. Well, I think, and we'll get to this later. We keep saying that we'll get to this later. Get, get <laughs> sorry, to that later. sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, but I think it ties into her motivation. Mm-hmm. Um, more to follow on that one. Um, so we meet Jack Crawford. Yeah. And he's the, I guess, the head of the behavioral science unit or section in, in mm-hmm. the FBI and he, he pulls Clarice aside and says, hey I have a little side quest for you if you An will. An interesting errand interesting I think errand. is how he He does say that interesting errand. Which is funny to me. And the whole like uh, impetus is they're trying to profile serial killers and they've all been cooperative save for one. Starline. Clarice in. Good morning. Morning, Mr. Crawford. Sorry to pull you off the course at such short notice. Your instructors tell me you're doing well. Top quarter of your class. I hope so. They haven't posted any grades yet. My job's come up, and I thought about you. Not a job, really. More of an interesting errand. Sit down. Yes, sir. I remember you from my seminar at UVA. <laughs> You grilled me pretty hard, as I recall, on the Bureau's civil rights record in the Hoover years. I gave you an A. A minus, sir. Let's see, double major, psych and criminology, graduated magna, summer internships at the Reisinger Clinic. It says here, when you graduate, you want to come to work for me in behavioral science. Yes, very much, sir. Very much. We're interviewing all the serial killers now in custody for a psychobehavioral profile could be a real help in unsolved cases. Most of them have been happy to talk to us. You spook easily, Starling? Not yet, sir. See, the one we want most refuses to cooperate. I want you to go after him again today in the asylum. Who's the subject? The psychiatrist, Hannibal Lecter. Hannibal the cannibal. I don't expect him to talk to you. But I have to be able to say we tried. So if he won't cooperate, I want just straight reporting. How's he look? How's his cell look? Is he sketching, drawing? If he is, what's he sketching? Here's a uh, dossier on Lecter. Copy of our questionnaire and a special ID for you. Have your memo on my desk by 0800 Wednesday. Okay. Um, Excuse me, sir, but... Why the urgency? Lecter's been in prison for so many years now. Is there some connection between him and Buffalo Bill, maybe? I wish there were. I want your full attention, Starling. Yes, sir. Be very careful with Hannibal Lecter. 
Dr. Chilton at the asylum will go over all the physical procedures used with him. Do not deviate from them for any reason whatsoever. And you're to tell him nothing personal, Starling. Believe me, you don't want Hannibal Lecter inside your head. Just do your job, but never forget what he is. And what is that? Oh, he's a monster. Mm -hmm. little, little Baltimorean, mm -hmm. Dr. Lecter. Listen, listen. I'm listening. I just want to, like, preface this whole thing by saying Baltimoreans are charming. That's why... D Dr. Lecter is charming. Yes. But we're going to get to someone who's not so charming, Dr. Uh, Chilton, right? Yes. Is that how you say it? That's who I have next. So... Ugh, he's a scumbag, and I hate that he's... A Baltimorean. <laughs> so, well, she so she gets this this little interesting errand from from Jack Crawford. Goes mm -hmm. up to Baltimore yeah. to the hospital. I'm a Baltimorean. If anyone was wondering, that's why we're talking about this. Yes, you are. Yeah, Thru, I am. Through and through. Through and through, hon. Um, Warsh water. Warsh water. That's how you say it. Those those are the words. I don't understand. Them's, them's the words. <laughs> them's the words, hon. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I I have in my notes Dr. Chilton. He immediately I wrote Dr. Chilton creep uh-huh in my in my notes and you know what creep is a word that you cannot come as a man sorry i hit the microphone as a man not that i'm a man but men cannot come back from that word being if you are classified as a creep it's branding for life you're never coming back from that just why a is woman, that if a woman like if somebody like you can be like a douchebag an asshole like whatever but if you say that he's creepy that's like oh that's a guy i need to stay away from like the ultimate red flag? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like in a different way than. I think it's like it's like a constant state of uncomfortability. Yeah, because he's a fucking creep. He's the worst. And I mean, he he hits on Clarice immediately. Immediately. And I mean, she's very pretty, but like mm -hmm. also like she's there in a professional capacity. But it doesn't matter. This is how women are treated all the time in the workplace. Exactly. Like it this doesn't matter. It's because is... she's a vagina and tits in front of him. She's a yes. woman. That's all that matters. And uh, he kind of gets a little little teed when she's like, um, fuck you, dude. I'm here for business. Oh, my God. When she, when they are walking down the, um, you know, basement or whatever to get to Hannibal. Mm -hmm. And he says, she says, and I love that she, like, takes control here, right? She's like, you know. I went to UVA. It's not a charm school. Yeah, but no, we, when she gets down there and she's like. Well, um, if he doesn't, and these aren't the exact words or whatever, but she's like, well, if he's not that fond of you, maybe I go in by myself. And he's like, well, I wish you would have done, said that and I and saved me the walk or whatever. And you're just like, this guy's a dick. Yeah, like, he, she's the guest. And this is not like a, a but he knows, not a store. But because this he is... knows he's not going to get laid by this woman, now she's a waste of his time. Mm -hmm. Totally. And she says it, it's like, well, we had the pleasure of your company. Really, what, yeah, what yeah, it is yeah. is her like saying, like, dude, relax. Mm -hmm. you know, it's all good. Um, and I like the, uh, I can't f skip over the photograph he shows her. Oh, uh, my gosh, yeah. That, yeah. And that's just, what. but what this is doing is it's setting up this character to mm -hmm. be this monster. Yeah. Which he is. Yeah. But it's like, like he's going to be like some weird mutant cretin with like spikes mm -hmm. coming out of his forehead mm -hmm. and all these mm -hmm. things and. Mm -hmm. but he's not mm -hmm. when you meet him and I go ahead well I was going to say and this is something I wanted to talk about earlier and now I'm going get to it, get it in there because I forgot to mention it earlier um, 
sometimes what we see, what we don't see is more scary than what we do see, right? Mm -hmm. So that thing of showing her the photo, but we never get to see it. Yeah. It's very like Hitchcockian, if I will. Um, Totally. And kind of backpedaling a little bit, another like very Hitchcockian thing that I noticed in the open is how we're learning all of these things about Clarice and about where we're at and what's going on without any words, right? Like so much of it is all just showing. And that was... That was actually a Billy Wilder thing, too. I'm, like, a big Will- Billy Wilder fan, director of Billy Wilder, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's funny because he was very much, like, let the camera show the- and tell the story. But he also was very, like, big on, like, voiceovers and stuff. A lot of his films start with, like, like you're seeing things, but then you're hearing someone, like, well, it was 19, blah, 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 on this day, blah, blah. Like, and he's opening it with a voiceover. But this doesn't start like that. And no. There's, you, we've learned so much about Clarice before a lot of words are even said. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, um, but also, like, it was great to see Clarice's reaction to the photograph. And, like, you could tell she's kind of, like, trying to hold it in. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it must have been just gruesome and, mm-hmm. and wretching to look at. And I also love that he just, like, had it on hand. What? Like... Like so ready. To I never thought about that before. Yeah, but like, like at the ready. But you don't question it, right? Like we're we're questioning it now because like we're analyzing. But it's like, and then he did this, and like I have this exhibit A, and it's like you just carry that around with you, like you fucking freak. Like okay. Well, he is a creep. He's a creep. We, we established this. He's a creep. We meet Barney, and we get our second. <gasps> we love Barney. We love Barney, but we get our second POV shot mm-hmm. uh, or face on well, shot because well, first it was Doctor was. Jack Crawford right. in the office. And notice, okay, I love that. I love that first. He like they're it's establishing it already. Like when they're talking, they're um, switching back and forth from like a one shot, right? Right. But if you notice, and this is like you have to really pay attention to it. I just don't think the average person watching would notice this. She is there. You know that they're looking at each other, right? But. He is looking directly into the camera where she's mm-hmm. like just looking off a little bit. And that is putting us in her shoes that she's always being looked at because she's a woman. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's like directly looking at her and directly looking at us. So that makes us. OK, she's a protagonist. Right. Like we're. But, but I, I'm, I'm going to laugh for a second. Why? And because I, not to sound like an asshole, but like at least he's looking yeah. at her eyes. Well, Presumably. presumably. Presumably, <laughs> there's a listen. Just for all men out there, when you think women don't know that you're looking at their chest, they know, or anywhere else on their body. To be honest, we know, we see you. Oh, okay. We see you, but <laughs> I see you. But it's also very like, yes. I mean, I think in that moment, if he would have been looking anywhere else, it would have been too weird. But good point i guess i don't know are we giving men for points for not looking at no i'm just i'm, I'm making a silly joke i'm not really serious i should like do how it kind of immerses us into clarice's body mm-hmm. in a way how mm-hmm. we're being directly addressed yes um as if we were clarice so barney yeah. does it too um mm-hmm. barney's a big guy he's taller mm-hmm. you know and I, when you meet barney he's very warm inviting yeah like a gentle giant like you know you know like because he doesn't need to be an asshole no one's gonna fuck with barney yeah you like feel safe with barney yeah he's a big teddy bear yeah exactly we love barney and then she walks down the okay but wait 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 before she walks because this is another thing 
that I, you know when I when I analyze a film like I get in there okay I see this I get in there um this is my education coming out I never and this is one of those things I was telling you that I was like oh my god I didn't even notice this and I've seen this film so many times when that door closes and she's locked in there the background looks exactly like the well really oh my god the 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 oh, wall oh, it's a brick it's a brick wall oh, oh, yeah and yeah. but it it's there's so many like foreshadowing things too that I didn't even notice. Fair, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, like I, I didn't notice that either. Yeah, and it closed it in, and I was like, oh my god, that looks like the well that we're gonna be in later. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, do you think that was intentional? Or just Absol- those- absolutely. Let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. Tell there, <laughs> this is something that I said to one of my professors in undergrad, one of my film professors in undergrad who I really, really liked. Um, and like he kind of, when I said this, it wasn't that he didn't agree with me, but he kind of fought me on it. And I very much stick to this, that absolutely nothing accidentally ends up in a film. Absolutely nothing. You got to think about every frame is accounted for. Every single frame and even, but, and then, you know, people out there who are listening or even you might argue like, but Erica, like there's all these things like this was improvised. This was improvised that blah, blah, blah. But there's still a decision to, to leave it in, to leave that final cut in, to leave it in the final cut of the film. Right. So even if like a happy accident happens, there's still that conscious decision to make it part of the film. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I agree on certain films. I think some films, um, I don't think as much scrutiny and forethought is done with every film. Well, this also goes like to Transformers that. Four. I can't say they Listen, probably put the same nuances. There's a difference in, there. in films and movies, and this is another thing that I've always said. Mm-hmm. There's a difference in films and movies. That's a movie. This is a film. Yeah, agreed. It's, and it's a great film. It's the best. Um, one of the best. One of the best. So very high on my list. Oh yeah, definitely top 100 for me. Shut the hell up. <laughs> I can't fucking stand you. Um, so then we, Barney opens the door, mm-hmm. and we see the chair down way down the, the hallway. Mm-hmm. She has she has a little a journey to make, and she had passes by all. Yeah, these again, it's never it's inmates. not ever going to be easy for her. We're being we're right. Being told she that has again. to get put to the ringer. Yep. And we meet Migs, who says a very creepy thing to any woman. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to repeat it because I don't want to. I just, okay. I just don't want to say it. I got you. Um, Does that mean you want me to say it? No. No. Okay. It, it's. I, I might just splice it in later. <laughs> okay. You know, it's just. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But but again, like women are talked to this way, and it's awful. Mm-hmm. Like even back then, like we're being told, like he's showing us that, right? Like this is how women are treated, and I think it's very. You know, you look at Clarice and you look at how, like, porcelain her skin is. Like, she really is beautiful. Like, she's not conventionally beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. Like, she's not, like, a supermodel. And really, we don't really ever see her body, right? Like... Yeah, she's never she's any, not, like... Right. There's, even when she's working out, she's wearing these loose... Yes. Jo- loose uh, yes. uh, sweatpants, yeah, sweatshirts. Yeah, like sweat a crew, crew, you know... She's crew never... Head. Yeah. Show being, she never shows herself off yeah. in that respect. But there's also, like, you know, you think about a lot of other films too and even where they make the woman like how they make Clarice there might be like a sh- like a scene or something where we see her like 
I don't know, like derobing at the end of the day or something. Right. And maybe, you know, we see her like in her underwear or something. They they don't do that here. And I love that they don't do that here. Nor does she have a love interest, which is also really, I, I like that a lot. There's no love well, interest for her. I like that too. But I mean, do you think, um, do you think that there was like sexual desire between Dr. Lecter and her ever? No. You don't? No, that's not always a bit. A, okay. I, I feel like that's something that's always interesting to talk about with people. Um, but we're not there yet. Yeah, yeah. I'm so sorry. She, I'm sorry. She gets, she gets to the, um, I know it's a production design to make the it glass instead of bars when we see Lecter's cell. Um, but they played to it and they had the holes cut out so you can hear them and you can yeah. smell her, her cream on her skin. Uh-huh. And uh, which was a good way to kind of like just Oh my let, God. let the and problem that, turn into a better solution. But yeah. that's that's my book. My, let me give this point out, though. You know, we have all this buildup. Mm-hmm. He's at the end of the hall, the mm-hmm. worst of the worst. Mm-hmm. You see the photograph, and even uh, um, Jack Crawford's building him up back in the academy. And we meet him, he's like most normal, dapper, handsome gentleman. Yeah. And he's completely against type. And you kind of get thrown for a loop. You're expecting this just like the Joker, someone like menacing and maniacal. He's like, good morning. Yeah. How are you? Yeah. yeah. Very charming, very Baltimorean. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Good morning. Dr. Lecter, my name is Clarice Starling. May I speak with you? You're one of Jack Crawford's, aren't you? I am, yes. May I see your credentials? Certainly. Closer, please. Closer. That expires in one week. You're not real FBI, are you? I'm still in training at the Academy. Jack Crawford sent a trainee to me. Yes, I'm a student. I'm here to learn from you. Maybe you can decide for yourself whether or not I'm qualified enough to do that. Mm. That is rather slippery of you, Agent Starling. Sit, please. Now then, tell me, what did Miggs say to you? Multiple Miggs in the next cell. He hissed at you. What did he say? He said, I can smell your cunt. I see. I myself cannot. You use Evian skin cream. And sometimes you wear lead at all. But not today. You can but as soon as she walks into his purview or his his, his line of sight, you can mm-hmm. you could you can see in his eyes he begins to study her. That's what I I've I noticed that the very first time I, I watched this movie, he was watching her. He was like 
because he's a serial killer and very selective. Right. And so I think he looks at everyone kind of like like he's, like he's shopping for beef at the butcher shop. He's like, hmm, that would be nice tonight. And kind of mm. like, so, but, you know, she challenges him mm-hmm. or she tries to challenge him this first meeting. And so that kind of piques his interest, I feel. And he gets a little taken aback when she reveals that she's just a trainee. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what? The, how dare I? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'm a, do you know who I am? Yeah. Only the best people come to talk to me. Or they right. try to. But anyway. Oh, what's the line? You can dub it in here later. But he says something like, I think he says something like, oh, Crawford sending me one of his little... Mm-hmm. Whatever, like oh, I can't. I wish I could remember it right now, but right. But I love going back to what you said with like you know, so he can smell her, like cream and stuff, like whatever she wears, and that little like shift in her chair, like, and that little bit of like little tiny bit of uncomfortability that she shows. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's just, I mean, she's a brilliant actress, but like that was so perfect. It's like. Showing, like, keep your cool, like, keep your shit together. But, like, that realization, like, oh, my God, he's got me figured out already. And that's uh, a char- another fictional character that I was kind of uh, alluding to, or not alluding to, I, was, I would kind of connect him to is, like, Sherlock Holmes. Mm-hmm. Where, and Sherlock Holmes was based on a doctor in India, mm-hmm. or an English doctor who, who was working abroad in India. And Arthur Conan, Conan Doyle wrote Holmes on this character on this doctor who will walk into a, a, a ward, mm-hmm. look at a patient on the bed and just observe and say, oh, this person has this, this, and this, and this, just by looking at him. Hmm. Um, I didn't know that. I don't think I've, don't even give me so, this. I mean, oh, but, Sherlock Holmes has been so many iterations, right. so many versions of him. But um, no, he, uh, so, but, he, but Hannibal does the same thing to Clarice. He immediately is able to pry apart her her tough girl facade that she's that she's worked years to build up because she has to she got through college she's on the in the academy you know and she's trying to make again in a man's world make her mark and he's like i see what you're doing i see where you came from and he could do that just by looking at her and and smelling and observing mm-hmm. and that's that's a sign of extreme intelligence oh yeah and it's like you know you're dealing with a different beast here, right? Like, yeah. Like, when he even, like, it's, you know, he says the line of, like, and you usually wear whatever, but not today. And you're like, like, if someone said that to me, I'd be like, oh, fuck. Like, how does he know that? But see, like, I don't, now, again, I'm looking at this uh, not as a woman. Wait, you're not a woman? Believe it or not. <laughs> um, I don't think he's a, uh, being creepy about it though no 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 and i don't get the creepy vibe i just no. get like it's almost stupefying and wonderful and like wondrous to to behold because it's so remarkable it's so mm-hmm. talented mm-hmm. and and then i think in a way it's like it's a marvel he even got caught at all because he's a little he's so smart i mean i forget in the book if they ever went into detail why he he was finally captured or how he was captured i'm trying to remember i don't anyway yeah that no, doesn't doesn't matter yeah. um but the, the little, uh, you know, so we have the whole, they're back and forth, and she tries to get him to do the questionnaire for Crawford, and he's like, no. Yeah. And he, he kind of mocks her accent. Yeah. Did you do all these wrongs, Doctor? Ah. 
That is the Duomo seen from the Belvedere. You know, Florence? All that detail just from memory, sir? Memory agent starting is what I have instead of a view. Well, perhaps you'd care to lend us your view on this questionnaire, sir. No, 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 no. You were doing fine. You had been courteous and receptive to courtesy. You had established trust with the embarrassing truth about Migs. And now this ham-handed segue into your questionnaire. It won't do. I'm only asking you to look at this, Doctor. Either you will or you won't. Yeah. Jack Crawford must be very busy indeed if he is recruiting help from the student body. Busy hunting that new one, Buffalo Bill. What a naughty boy he is. Do you know why he's called Buffalo Bill? Please tell me. The newspapers won't say. Well, it started as a bad joke in Kansas City homicide, and they said, this one likes to skin his humps. Why do you think he removes their skins, Agent Starling? Throw me with your acumen. It excites him. Most serial killers keep some sort of trophies from their victims. I didn't. No. No, you ate yours. West Virginia. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I think it's kind of neat how there's such strong chemistry in all their scenes, but they only share the screen together four times in the whole film. Oh, my God. Just four. Stop. And That's everything. But it's amazing though because yeah. it's well he and he's one of the um he's one of the um oh, there's like you know oscar winners that it's like oh they've only had this much screen time mm-hmm. like he's one of those it's like, like 11 minutes something or something like that. yeah not a lot and to be in a leading role yeah because I, I feel honestly i feel he was sort of more in a supporting category because he wasn't he wasn't a lead if anything, Buffalo Bill had more of a lead than he did. You think? I think so. I think, Why? I think what makes you say that? Because here's how I look at the difference between a lead actor and a supporting actor or actress. Is a lead, you're on the journey with the lead, right? Mm-hmm. But a support actor, actress is not a MacGuffin, but they're helping the lead get to the end. Okay. They're not on the journey with them, mm-hmm. but they're helping push them get to the get to where they need to go in the plot. Like the perfect example was Heath Ledger as the Joker in The Dark mm-hmm. Knight. Mm-hmm. Like obviously Batman is the main character. Batman has to do his journey arc from the beginning of the movie to the end. Mm-hmm. But it's the, the plot that the plot points that the Joker is a part of are what's propelling the main actor, the lead, to get through the, the story. So, I mean, I'm not, excuse me, I'm not at all upset that he was nominated and won yeah, for lead. Yeah. I really just don't think he was deserving hmm. of... I don't think I've ever even questioned it or thought about it. But is, does it make sense what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean... Well, then they wouldn't have gotten the big five. I mean, it's probably would. part of the push that they did for, you know. But, I mean... Well, it's, I it's, it's not Because it's Clarice's story, not Dr. Lecter's. Right. And he's just kind of... He's like a side character. Yeah. Um, but... Bill, but Buffalo Bill's also a side character, too. He is. So They're all side characters. Clarice everyone just needs to bend the knee to Clarice is what we're saying. Correct. <laughs> That's basically what we're saying here. 
Oh, Agent Starling, you think you can dissect me with this blunt little tool? No. I, I thought that your knowledge... You're so ambitious, aren't you? Do you know what you look like to me with your good bag and your cheap shoes? You look like a rube. A well-scrubbed, hustling rube with a little taste. Good nutrition's given you some length of bone, but you're not more than one generation from poor wire trash, are you, Agent Starling? And that accent you've tried so desperately to shed, pure West Virginia. What is your father to you? Is he a coal miner? Does he stink of the land? You know how quickly the boys found you, all those tedious, sticky fumblings in the backseats of cars, while you could only dream of getting out, getting anywhere, getting all the way to the end. see a lot, Doctor. But are you strong enough to point that high-powered perception at yourself? What about it? Why don't you, why don't you look at yourself and write down what you see? Or maybe you're afraid to. A census taker once tried to test me. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. You fly back to school now, little Starling. Fly, fly, fly. After the first meeting, what I wanted, something I want to ask you about mm -hmm. and, and get your opinion on yeah. is um, after her first meeting with Lecter, we see her back outside. She's leaning against her car, and she is just gushing tears. Yeah. Well, she also just got cum thrown on her face, she, by, by the way. She did, by Migs. Which is going to bring anyone to tears, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Not a good time. Unless you're in porn. That's not a good time for anybody. I mean, she, she was I at, mean she, unless that's what you're into, but... She was at work. You're right. Like, it's like, I fucking blew my hair. I blew dried my hair today. Like, you just fucking threw cum in it. Like come on like they did it's yeah it's like good lord like i have to deal with all this shit and then i have to deal with that you know what i mean right but you Ugh, that, so that part is just it's just like so violating like so violating oh yeah i mean you know the guy's in jail i mean i don't know what what rules he's supposed to follow um he I think he did what he what he would have done anyway but but i wouldn't really talk about you know, I don't, I don't think it was just, and feel free to argue. I don't think it was just the guy mm -mm. jizzing on her face. No. I, th I think it was. No, no, no. Yeah, no, was, I wasn't trying to say that. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was a lot of things. Just like, and because we we do get the couple flashback cuts yeah. to when she's a little girl mm. and her dad, which we explore a lot more thoroughly later. Yeah. Um, what what did that scene mean to you? That this in that one shot of her, it's just. What, maybe one, maybe two shots, uh, a medium and a wide of, of her uh -huh. leaving the car crying. And, you know, it's interesting that you bring this up because I thought about it. And that's the only time that we really see her as, I would say, like, vulnerable. Like, she keeps it together the rest of the film, even when she's, like, not really keeping it together, right? And I think that was an important thing for them to include in there. I don't think – I think it could have gone without it, but I think it's really important that they do, that that was included in there to show, like, 
she's not seasoned. Like this is all very new for her. Like she's still trying to figure this out. She's faking it till she makes it like, you know, and showing like she doesn't, I don't even think she really even knows how to deal with it. She's figuring it out and she's alone, you know, like I think showing that one brief moment of her having like a bit of a breakdown, if you will. I, you know, maybe I know sometimes a good cry is what people need. Yes. But I think what it, it wasn't a good cry. It was just like she was just compounded. Oh, she was overwhelmed with emotion. By, you know, she's already in a really uh, precarious spot in her career. Yeah. She, well, she's trying to like land a career. And then she gets put on this whack errand. Mm-hmm. And she meets horrible people from the doctor to the inmates. Mm-hmm. And it's like all in a matter of like, what, 30, 45 minutes? less than probably probably in i feel like yeah but you're right though she kind of like goes to pieces but puts herself back together yeah and like think about like any other person in this situation probably from here would have been like i'm done like that's the only time we see her like even maybe question Mm -hmm. um it's like a rattle yeah we can we can keep going. I'll, I'll cut this part out. Oh, okay. Um, I think that's the only time like we really even see her. You know, I I think I think that what I'm trying to say here is like that was important to put in there to show that like she had to overcome this emotional thing that she was feeling and get past it and keep moving on. And like she didn't let that stop her. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like she didn't let that stop her. She continued after that where I think a lot of people would have had that experience and and been like, fuck this. I'm done. I'm out. Like this is right. not for me. And showing that like she's not like I'm ready to take on any challenge, but she is. So they show you like her breaking down in that moment to show that like she is like you, mm-hmm. like the audience, right? She is like you where she's not always keeping it together, but in the same breath, like she's not going to let that stop her. Sure. Um, so we cut back. There's a couple shots of her training and I like the, it, it, I call it the men are men scene. When oh they're, my God. What, you know what I'm talking about? Yes, of course I do. When Wait, hold on really quick. Can we go back when she, after Miggs does his thing and he and Dr. Electra calls her back in that mm-hmm. moment, and they're just like yelling over each other. Like, they're because yeah. Miggs is yelling, and everyone's yelling. And like, how did like that scene always? I'm like, uh, it was like, have you seen Uncut Gems? Not yet, no. Oh it's, my it's God. Really good. You can't act surprised every time I don't see a film that you've seen. That's not fair. I know. I'm sorry. I've like <laughs> decided to stop doing that to people. Um, <laughs> Are you a habitual offender of that? I look. I hate when people shame me for not having seen films, but I do it to people. Shut up. <laughs> um, never seen Star Wars. People still haven't seen Star Wars. Be you were in a master's program for film. Mm-hmm. Continue though. You were Listen, saying. Listen, after I get my degree, I told you I will watch them. I you promise. did. You did say that. I promise. Um, but no, it's like, uh, like it just reminded me of Uncut Gems because it's like chaotic like and and just the way they're set up in the scene just makes you feel like just so tense because he's like telling her like what you know do you know what she you know talking about yeah when when he's telling her about go find yourself yes miss moffat and everything yeah 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 that didn't really bug me that like no 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 but it's like uh, you don't feel tense no 
Really? No. I what I think I was also coming like coming down, if you will, mm-hmm. off of her getting the load shot in her face by Migs. I mean... And I was like, oh. And then and then all the inmates kind of lose their mind. Yeah. And then even Lecter's like, you know, hey, hey, hey. I mean, I think it was, it was a wild moment, but mm-hmm. it didn't like really stress me out either. Mm. Oh my god, I'm like. <gasps> Okay. Anyways, that's just me. <laughs> but yeah, like, so the men being men when, um, I just think that's just funny to talk about. Like, it's like men never change. Like her, Clarice and her, her little academy girlfriend buddy, they're running and the guys run past them and turn, check out their asses and keep it going. It's, men are men. It, and it'll I, never change. It'll never change. You know? But you know what else I, I love about that scene is like, they're so unfazed by it. And I love that. They're running, but they're also, like, studying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And none of the men are doing that. We don't know that. They're... Do we know that? We know that because they're checking out their asses. For that one couple seconds, set of seconds. They're not because men can't do more than one thing at a time. Let's all just accept whoa, that. Whoa, we whoa, whoa. We know that's whoa. the truth. Women can multitask. <laughs> men cannot. But I love that because – and I even wrote that. I was like, they're, you know, um, they're running and studying and – yeah. Men are being pigs. 1,000%. <laughs> I mean, like, if you saw a handsome guy jogging on the beach, wouldn't you, like, Abso- hey. Absolutely, I do it. Because men do it. If men can do it, then I can do it. Okay, then. So what? It's you, not... you can't shame the men for for just, like... No. And, 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 they, and they look well, they look back, and then, like, keep, keep going. No, 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 the one guy shakes his head. Like, first of all, that he can't even believe there's two women here. You, you, he shakes you're, his you're, head. You're putting a lot of assumptions on a, a like a three second shot. Nothing makes it accidentally. I've told you this. That's on purpose. But it's also purposeful that they're unfazed by it. They're running. They're studying at the same time. Yeah, no, totally. I, I agree with that with that. But it's also like women always have to do more to get the same recognition that a man gets. Mm-hmm. I'm not arguing that. I know you're not. Are you, are you trying to pick a fight? No. <laughs> okay. I'm not... I mean, if you want to fight. No, 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 no. Um, <laughs> so then we, uh, uh, Clarice gets a phone call from Jack Crawford telling mm-hmm. her that Miggs is dead because Lecter got in, got in his head. To this day. To this day. I'm terrified of swallowing my own tongue. I, I'm more curious, like, how? Like, how? Did, what did Lecter have to whisper to him? What, what, were, what were those He's words? He's a manipulator. We know this. No, I, I, yeah, I, oh, I know. Uh-huh. But that's the thing. Like, I, I get mm-hmm. the mechanics mm-hmm. of what he had did. Mm-hmm. I want to know the subject matter. Like, what mm. were, what were the contents? Yeah. That you know, it just, it was like one of those things that you just don't know about. But mm-hmm. it's like, oh man, like, it, but it just adds to the mysticism yeah. of Doctor Lecter's power. Again, it's that. Oh, it's always about power. And I wrote, I wrote that down in my notes again too. Um, that it's that thing again that we were talking about like with the picture right that sometimes what you don't know is scarier Mm -hmm. than what you do know yeah and that's exactly it for that scene too because you're like wait what agreed like how do you like you think about like what kind of powers do i have could i manipulate someone to do a heinous thing like that probably not but somehow in all his training and experience, mm-hmm. Dr. Lecter just knows the right sweet words yeah. to nest in someone's head, mm. get them to do crazy shit like kill themselves by mm-hmm. swallowing their tongue. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next, this next scene, I never really, like, this scene I kind of, like, 
check my phone on. Mm. It kind of just bores me. Like what I, I that? when when Clarice goes to the storage facility, like I give her yeah. props for for figuring out the the anagram, but I'm like, okay. Yeah, no, I don't disagree with you. Um, it's necessary. The scene's necessary. I don't disagree with you. Um, but also, I just kind of wrote like that's another, um, you know, time where it's like she's figuring it out. You know. So what the scene really means to me is it's Clarice is, is a is a bounty ball, and Lecter threw her away, and she didn't come right back to him. Mm-hmm. That's how I looked at this scene. Boomerang. And, um, oh my god, that throne sticks boomeranged on us. And he, she comes back to, what? What is that? It's, it's from The Simpsons. Oh. When Bart, when they go to Australia, gets Bart, this, he Bart disrespected the Prime Minister or something. He only has to apologize to the Prime Minister. Okay. It's It's classic Simpsons episode. Mm-hmm. Um... But uh, mm-hmm. so so she meets uh, Lecter again, and we don't get the we, we don't get the, the famous glass shot that's in the third meeting. Yes. But this shot, but this meeting, we get we see that all his all of Lecter's drawings on his wall are gone. Yeah. Um, all his basically everything that he held on to was taken away because uh, he was held accountable for Mrs. Yeah. death in a gospel program, like the. On, on that like that TV cart that yes. student, the teachers used to bring in yes. when they were hungover and didn't want to teach their, their students, yes. you know. And um, what I love about this scene is the way it's blocked. I love the choreography of it, the way it's blocked, how they're like. I like the lighting, with. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't see Lecter's face. Mm. He's he's like we've already seen him, and now he's back to being kind of a mystery man. Mm-hmm. And I like again add to the adding to the mysticism and his intelligence. Like he knows that she cut herself. Mm-hmm. Oh, your bleeding stopped. And she's like, "Huh? How do you?" And she kind of, she's like, she just catches herself. Like, of course he would fucking know this. Right. But we don't know how he knows it. But we just know he that knows. he knows. Yeah. And that's just so fucking neat. Uh, what, a, what a cool. You know, this, the great thing about Doctor Lecter's character is we see him so briefly in the whole film. Yeah. But. He's such a part of it, though. He and each time I feel each time you see him another brick is laid down mm. on his character mm. it is building and building and i think the, i think the way the climax of him is when he escapes later in the film yeah um but we'll get to that yeah. so oh my god that's like my favorite part anyways thank you barney what happened to your drawings Punishment, you see, for Migs. Just like that gospel program. When you leave, they'll turn the volume way up. Dr. Chilton does enjoy his petty torments. Did you mean by transformation, Doctor? I've been in this room for eight years now, Clarice. I know they will never, ever let me out while I'm alive. What I want is a view. I want a window where I can see a tree or even water. I want to be in a federal institution far away from Dr. Chilton. What did you mean by fledgling killer? Are you saying that he's killed again? I'm offering you a psychological profile of Buffalo Bill based on the case evidence. I'll help you catch him, Clary. 
You know who he is, don't you? Tell me who decapitated your patient, Doctor. All good things to those who wait. I've waited, Clarice, but how long can you and old Jackie boy wait? Our little Billy must already be searching for that next special lady. They talk about, uh, um, was it this scene or the, the next scene when they start doing the quid pro quo? No, it's that. It's, uh... oh, I'm trying to remember now. Wait, this is, no, it's this is, the next scene. Next scene is, the next scene is when we see because... meet Catherine Martin. Yes. She was an American girl. I love that song. Yeah, classic Tom I Petty. I love that song. It's a good song. It's a great song. And uh, we, we, we also meet not only Catherine Martin, mm-hmm. but we meet Buffalo Bill. Yeah. Played brilliantly by Ted Levine. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, I remember in the research of this film, he was an amalgam of like Dahmer. Yes, um, Bundy. This is, this yeah. is, okay, so that's what I was going to say, is this is what how he gets Catherine Martin here is a... Ed Gain, I think was one of no. them too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the whole stitching of skin and everything. Right. right. But this, how he gets Catherine in the truck, is classic Ted Bundy. This mm-hmm. is what Ted Bundy, Ted Bundy did to his victims all the time. Like, can you just help me with this thing? Like, he had, like, like a, exactly like how Buffalo Bill had, like, this sling or whatever. I'm like, oh, can you just help me with this thing? Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, yeah, like I'm a nice, I'm a nice woman. I see you struggling, so I'm gonna help you. We also get introduced to the plot device of the night vision goggles, mm. and we don't see them again. Ooh, that's such a good point. Yeah, we forget all about them till the very yeah, end. Yeah, you're right. And you're right. And there's so yes, yes. I, w- I was gonna say there's another moment of showing us something that you think isn't a big deal, but how they weave it in visually perfectly so that when it comes into play later you're like oh my god and that's of course the pen the pen the pen yeah, oh, but oh, we'll get there yes yes um <clears throat> so she gets abducted um, it's always the thick girls us thick girls <laughs> it's always us thick girls big through their hips <laughs> roomy <laughs> oh, not my, not my words oh man I'm like, man, she's just, like, a really nice, like, okay, so not to go off on a tangent here, but, um, you know, I'm a true true crime junkie, and a podcast I listen to, um, My Favorite Murder, they talk about this all the time, about how, like... I also listen to them. Shut up. They're great. Those two girls are so shut much fun. Shut up. Okay. I'm, I'm doing a podcast right now. I can't <laughs> shut up completely. Wait, you know I'm obsessed with them. I've seen I've seen them live, like, th- like, and I've yeah, met them a bunch of times. Didn't they come to recently to Baltimore? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I can't believe you listened to them. How have we not ever talked about this? That's I my favorite know. podcast. I've listened. Oh, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Yeah, They're same. just one of them. Another, well, another uh, girl, friend of mine from Georgia. She's she, she showed me them. Yeah. And uh, she's also a true crime murderino. Murderino. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, yeah, like I, I like listening to like their little the, the, and on the last podcast on the left they they call them side stories like the shorter episodes where they yeah. kind of like read the letters and yeah, yeah. minisodes minisodes yeah they have I love those the most for some reason yeah. there's a, little, that's a, a lot in a little bit of time, but anyway, but I love them because they've started this whole thing of fuck politeness right because so many women become victims because if we're not nice you're then... a bitch. 1,000%, which is why I'm totally fine with being a bitch. 
I think we know this. We all know this. But I think I'm a very nice person. But also, like, I'm totally, Don't take no shit. totally prepared to tell you to fuck off. So, you know, it's that balance of, like, being a nice, friendly woman. But, like, you know, and and it, it, it's scary because – and the reason why this is so scary is because – 1,000% if I would have seen somebody struggling was, I'd be like, oh, let me go help that guy, you know? And the next thing you know, I'm in the back of a fucking van, about to get my skin taken off. Right. You know? Didn't you tell me that story about a guy trying to pick you up at a gas station? All the time. One, once? Yeah, or, all, the, all the time. The one that you were talking, like, in the... I mean, I just, oh, I think I posted something like, men, tell me, has this ever worked for you? You know what I mean? Right, yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. And that instance, that guy was really nice, actually. Like, he was super polite. Like, I came out of the gas station. We had, like, talked in line at the gas station. I can't remember why we talked. To, you know me. I know no strangers, just friends I haven't met yet. So, like, I talked to everyone. Sure. And Extrovert. The, the most what's extrovert. Your, what's your... Uh, um... Zodiac? No, no, not your Zodiac. Your... Um... Hmm. What's that? St- Myers-Briggs. What's your... Oh, E something. Uh, oh, the biggest E. <laughs> um, I'm an ISTJ, as you might have guessed. I think I'm ENFP, P? which is the exact opposite of you, which is why we get along so well, right? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think I'm ENFP. I can't remember exactly, but I think so. Um, gotcha. Yeah, but definitely, you know, the most. Do you know anybody more extroverted than I am? Probs not. I have a few friends yeah. that are that are that could give you a run for their money. My my dad, for one. Oh. My dad will talk to anybody. Yeah. Anywhere. Yeah. And I'm a lot like my mom, where mm-hmm. we're like, just get my shit, get out of the store, go home. But like my mom's also very, as a woman, she's very polite. My yeah. mom's so sweet to everybody. Yeah. Because she, yeah. Um, she, she she's a fucking angel. My yeah. mom's a fucking angel. Put that on a fucking <laughs> bumper sticker. But uh. But it's funny because my mom is like me in a sense that I remember like growing up, she'd always be like, I can't leave a grocery store without someone talking to me. And she'd always say, somebody told her, it's because you have a kind face. Like people want to talk to you because you have a kind face. So. And so when you say that, do you mean like she couldn't leave the grocery store without a man talking to her? Is that, um, is that what... No, I, I think just kind of anyone. Oh, okay. Like whether it's an old man or an old woman. You know, just kind of anyone. I kind of grown yeah. out of my shell a little, you know, in my later years. Um, I think being a recruiter for the military kind of helped me out a little yeah. bit because I had to be I had to be out of my shell. Sure. So, and like, I, but I do like little things. Like when I see a guy or a girl with like a cool like band T-shirt or mm-hmm. something, I like, hey, nice shirt, and that's mm, yeah, that's kind of like where I peak. You know, like because like I don't know them, and they're probably in my mind like, oh, they're probably busy. And they right. have shit to do. I don't right. want to hold them up because I'm very much the same way. Like, right. don't talk to me unless you unless I, I'm here. And to meet I'm you. like, tell me everything about your life. But also, on the flip side, I've become because of the way the world is, I've become very like, I do need to protect myself and protect, you know, like there's times where I think about like, you know, like a lot, like almost all my girlfriends are like, I don't know how you live alone. I'm like, well, what the fuck else am I supposed to do? You know? Like, you've got to figure it out. Like, I'm not, what am I going to not live my life just because, like, I'm a single woman? Like, where right. am I also, where else am I supposed to live? Like, I'm an adult. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And all my girlfriends are, like, literally, like, I don't know how you live alone. I'm like, 
like you should get a roommate or, or yeah what? yeah just like or, or not even that just like they they're like i don't know how you do it they're like i hate being alone i like and this is all stemmed from fear like nothing mm. else do you know what i mean yeah and it's like a, it's terrifying being alone by yourself sometimes especially if you're a woman i imagine you know i don't let myself get that way okay because it would eat me. It, i don't it, you can't i can't live that way you know what i mean sure um how did we get here i don't know <laughs> we were talking about um the night vision goggles yeah and we're about to oh, turn yeah. we're about to go to again clarice gets pulled off the out of school mm-hmm. uh, they're like doing like the bag drills in the gym they're like doing like the punches and kicks and so and also side note that little town where they do like the the car chase get out of the car get out of the car mm-hmm. little, a little training that's happening in the background as she's getting briefed on what she's going to be doing by some other fbi academy yeah. instructor that's actually there they actually have a, a mock-up of a town i don't know if you knew that or not mm. um i believe it and but now we're about to get into some serious i'm a woman uh, you're a woman i'm a man territory mm. um not only from crawford when because so she gets pulled away to go to west virginia they found a body that looks like it could be a Buffalo Bill victim. And the whole thing from Jack kind of grilling her on the way there, the sheriff's in the place, and even even in the room itself of the autopsy of the victim, you know, it, it's always like her kind of like having to like, she's like treading water, yeah. keeping her, her head above. Yeah. And when she has to tell the cops to leave, oh my God. they're kind of looking at her like, bitch, are you serious? This is our fucking town. Fuck you. But she's in control. She's in. She's the fucking federal. Yeah. The, the Fed. Um, I lo- I just love how she is so confident in that moment. Go on now. I love it. <laughs> Me too. It's I love so it. good. But, she's like, I know her family would would appreciate. You know, she has that little like deep voice and accent, and yeah. it's just so good. I. But my favorite part of the whole scene is yeah. is I think you might have guessed mm. is the flashback. Of her when, father. When she goes to her dad's funeral. Oh, the, I wrote the parallel editing. It like, is. Oh. It's so good. I like that. I love it. It's so good. I don't, you know. This is character development. Absolutely. Perfectly. Absolutely. Perfectly put the film. This is, and, it, and, and the back to your point, the parallel, it matches perfectly because you see yep. the pain she has to, she had to live yep. through and now the pain she's currently in. Mm-hmm. Dealing well with the men. And I, I I don't want to make this a man versus woman kind of a thing. And it's more like also she's also like kind of Nick the new guy a lot, mm-hmm. you know. So she's still like she's still like in the military we have a term for that called boot. Okay. If you're the new guy, you're a boot. Barely out of training. Mm. Um, we call it FNG. Yeah, fucking new guy. Yeah. We call it same thing. Yeah, yeah. Boots. I like boot. So like shut up, boot. And like the new guy talks. Like, shut up, boot. <laughs> I like that. And. um and that's that's the running joke in the military is even if you're like me, I'm a senior, pretty senior guy now. But if a person is a little bit above me, they call me a boot. I'm a boot to them, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. But so I think everything's just, about rank and power again. Like we, like yeah, it's, and, it's and that thing about power. So, and then if you have the rank and the power, you have the authority, and you have the respect. Yeah. Most likely, because most likely, likely you got to where you're at because you you did some shit. You made some shit mm-hmm. happen. You're a professional. Yeah. You know, you, you earned. Your your spot. Yeah. So when people when, when you talk, people shut the fuck up and mm-hmm. listen to what, what you have to say, because mm-hmm. probably what you have to say is gonna resonate 
be profound, be important. Mm-hmm. So, but yes, the dual, par- the dual parallel, the parallels, parallel um, you know, and I, I love the, the flashbacks to, to all the flashbacks to deal with her father mm-hmm. is, um, I think that ties a lot into, um, so to, into Clarice's growth. And this is what I mean by that. So we never had the story, the scoop. I don't think I don't remember hearing the scoop about Clarice's mom. Mm-hmm. Her dad was more was the most mm-hmm. important. Absolutely. And so you know, you know how they they kind of just, people say a woman with daddy issues will like um, a woman with daddy issues will uh, find men to fill the void. Yeah. You know, but I think she's like not becoming her own dad, but becoming her own man in her own life, and mm-hmm. in, in, in the respect. Of what a father's role should be, of fostering protection, uh, also loving and caring. And so I feel like she's kind of chasing what her dad was. Yeah. Because she holds her dad in such high regard. Yeah. And from from what it, how it's displayed and how the guy is presented, he's a stand up. He's he's mm-hmm. a cop. You know he mm-hmm. he's a good father. Loves yeah. a little girl. You know. And we see that, like you said, in the flashback. Like we don't just hear it; we see it. Right. Yeah. And that's that's what you, like what you said makes it so much more meaningful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I I think um, so I think you know dealing with being the new person, mm-hmm. also being a woman. Yes. You know it's making this climb to to almost not like I don't think she ever would want to like impress or or impress her dad or. Um, be her dad, but like, be someone that her dad would be proud of, and you know, because and hold her to a a standard of ethics and morals, and and just being a profoundly good person, who's who, who's got a strong work ethic. Yeah, I absolutely so, agree. Um, so anyway, I, 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 it's so relatable. Yeah, you know, um, and she doesn't fall. Well, Thomas Harris doesn't write her. As a character who, um, and then Ted Talley, who wrote the screenplay, does that they don't write her as a character who is befalls the entrapment of a girl with your typical daddy issues, right? Who turns into a slut or who, yeah. who's unconfident, who's all these isms. Mm-hmm. And she said she just bust her ass, yeah, to get to get word, not to show any show off to anyone but herself, yeah. And I think it's a thing. Too, and I, I think this is kind of also what you're getting at is like she would be this way whether he was alive or dead. Interesting, yeah, I think you know? so too. Like she would be being this person, this hard worker, whether her dad was alive or dead. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, uh, so during the autopsy, mm-hmm. um, I always thought it was kind of funny how everyone puts like on like the cream. Yeah, oh my gosh, I love. That she turns so, her back to yeah, put it on. Yeah, yeah. Well, even like they show that that um, it's kind of like a medium shot. I wouldn't call it a close up of him handing her the the like, little container, and it's very she's very feminine in the way that she accepts that. It's like it's like makeup. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, think I don't I'm think I noticed that. Yeah. Well, why would you? You don't put on makeup. I don't. Right. So right. like, it's that thing where when he hands it to her, I'm like, oh my god, this looks like couple of girlfriends like sharing makeup like it's very 
and like you said, it's like a not even a two second shot, but it's you know that moment where I'm like, oh my god, that look, this is just so feminine. Like you said, she turns away mm-hmm. to put it on, and it's like she's always got to be a lady, but does she? You know, it's like I don't know. Right. No, I hear you. Um. So uh, during the course of the autopsy, we we pull the moth. Yeah. Out of the, and I like how the sound engineers they put in. Oh. That, am I still in your thunder, no, go, Erica? Go, go, go. Go, and they, they go. pulled the uh, the moth out of the out of the throat of of the victim. Uh-huh. I totally forget the victim's name now. Sorry, um, but like the last breath escapes. Yeah, oh, I love this. I love the sound design in this whole scene. Like the the sound of the photos being taken. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, it's just like and like Clarice is trying to hold it together because you can assume the smell, right? Like, mm-hmm. and she's like talking into that thing. Uh, like wrote that little co- recorder or whatever. Yeah. But I just love all of the sound in it, and that that see, the the sound of the photographs being taken, and that like flash of the photograph is just so. I don't know what like. It's it's jarring. stands alone. Yeah. Like, like I when I hear that I know what's I'm watching yeah. Silence of the Lambs. Yes, exactly. So there's a um. There's a similar kind of sequence in Jaws. Mm. Uh, my buddy John was on here, and we're talking about this one. We both. We're both a big editing nerds, he yeah, and I, yeah. and um, it's not so much sounds, more visuals, but the sounds yeah. also present is yeah. one scene when Brody, the chief, is looking through the book of sharks, mm-hmm. and it's just, and how it's cut mm-hmm. together is splendid, and then you just yeah. like, the, of the pages going back and forth, it's mm-hmm. so well done, Yeah, and it's not like, it's not big, it's not yeah. huge, it's very subtle, Yes, but it's done so beautifully, mm-hmm. and I think that's, it also is how it is done here, especially in this autopsy scene. Yeah. Um, and so, um, so we get the moth out, yeah, and find out it is to it's a bug cocoon, cocoon, not like cocoon, cocoon. No, sir, that's a bug cocoon. Cocoon. <laughs> and uh, then she goes to meet her. Uh, is it entomology? Sure. Nerds. The the bug the guy. The biggest nerds. There's. I love them. Nerds. They're great. They are great. They're playing like. Are you hitting on me? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then it's like right back to the bug stuff. Like yeah. it's so funny. It's so perfect. But we because it's exactly how a nerd would hit on somebody. <laughs> but but it's good. That ties. That's such a well woven scene because yes. they they uh, dissect the the, the cocoon, <laughs> and we identify the species and where how it where, where it normally resides. Not yeah. in America. Right. And then we cut straight to. Um, Buffalo Bill's basement, yep. and we see we see the we don't see Catherine, but we see the well she's in. Yeah, we can hear her, and we don't see Buffalo Bill's face again, which mm-hmm. is also like we don't see his face, because you see his face before, but you don't really like. Mm. I feel like in the van, you don't get like a good. Yeah, I think he has like a hat on. Right? Yeah, you get like a couple profile shots. Yeah. Um. And so we hear her her screaming and him, sewing away, and we see the little. The, the the moss kind of buzzing around the place mm-hmm. and um this is what i like to call in my f- film world um a term i've heard my professor use and i tried to look it up to see if there was like an actual definition but i th- I don't know if it's this is something he just came up with but he calls it the one hour pivot or where how like one hour into a film there's a pivot where yeah. it takes a turn or it takes a different direction or it takes a direction where it changes the rest of the film. That happens in Collateral. That was my last mm. week's episode. Um, Don't hate me. I haven't listened to it yet. I'm so, sorry. That's okay. Have you watched Collateral? No, that's why I haven't listened to it. Okay. Well, it's a, in the middle of... It's like a two-hour 
yeah. some change movie, but like an hour and some change in. Jamie Foxx, once you see, you'll know what I'm talking about. Jamie yeah. Foxx kind of has to do something else, mm-hmm. and it's like right in the middle. Of, it's like right in the middle of the second act. Yeah, and it it the whole film is different. The, like the mood and the, yep. the relationships are different. Yep. Anyway, every I feel like every film, people, not movies, every film has a one hour pivot. Parasite. Whether it's exact, don't shut up. I can't. Don't even bring up Parasite right now. I know. Don't even. But um, I will go off on a complete tangent. Which actually, there's a part later where I wrote down this happened. This is we'll get there. But okay. There's a part in Parasite that reminds me of. But some now moments. we have our third meeting. With Dr. Lecter. Yeah. First, Chilton's all like, look, man, to Clarice Starling, like, look, mm-hmm. man, why are you still coming in here? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not, yeah. some, I'm not some turnkey. Yeah, he's annoyed with her. Oh, yeah. First, you won't blow me because I didn't, whatever. <laughs> then you won't fuck me. Yeah. You know what? Fuck you, bitch. Yeah. That's yeah, kind of what he's he saying. He has no time for her now. No. Because. She's nothing to offer him. Exactly. And it's that's that's the guy, that's, that's the person in power mm-hmm. who feels Less than. Less than. Yep. Not empowered anymore because mm-hmm. they can't get what they want. And, um, it, but in the same token, in the same token though, um, I do respect where he's coming from. It is his place. Hear me out. I'm like, rolling. I'm rolling my eyes. People. I, I know you're rolling. Your, I'm not defending the guy. Okay. But I'm saying like, as as an administrator of a, an institution. Sure. And someone kind of keeps coming back. Um, She's the FBI. Right? Trainee. Oh my god. No. <laughs> I get no. I I'm okay. I hear your argument. Okay, I'm I'm just saying I like I I he's it's not wrong. That he's pissed off. I don't think he's just pissed off because he he didn't get the fucker. I think he's just like annoyed. Like come on, like because it's it's still his house and she's not like asking permission. She just shows up and does her thing. So like the respect there of his of it being his his hospital. But would he be so, treating her this way if she did fuck him? Of course not. Exactly. But okay, my point is, like, like, okay, let's say Clarice Starling was a man. Clancy Starling was the guy coming, through, right? Even if mm-hmm. if Clancy Starling was like just coming in at willy nilly on, that would probably piss him off all the same. Like, hey, dude, like, you call ahead, man. You can do something. You can respect mm-hmm. the fact that this is my place, not yours. Okay. So, again, I'm not know, defending know, Chilton. He's still a fucking creep. He yeah. still sucks. Um, but uh, but this is this is the, the one where Clarice proposed to the lecture the the bogus uh, vacation package of a lifetime for him. You will walk plum for one hour. <laughs> plum research, animal disease, whatever it is. Yeah. Some really nasty sounding place, mm-hmm. but uh, but for what uh, Lecter has to live with for the last couple of years, it's not so bad. Yeah on paper um and then he's like okay fine but quid pro quo mm-hmm. and i love the glass shot the, the, oh, it's, the it's like every time i see this movie i have to like and if i'm watching it with somebody i'm like look, look at a shot look put your fucking phone down and look at this shot you know i just love this shot so much it's so good and it's very hitchcockian as well you think so i think it's very jonathan demi Possibly Jonathan Demi's also the POV shot, uh, the straight-on shot. Um, yeah, he, he did he did a good work here. Hitchcock, and when I what I mean by that is Hitchcock was very obsessed with um, reflections, um, 
dualities like that oh yeah and we're gonna get into that in the next movie we talk about mm-hmm. but we're not there yet not either there yet. um and so so they have they make have an agreement and she starts talking to him about um you know after her father died mm-hmm. and she defends his character like he was a very good man um it lasted over a month after the bank robbers that mm-hmm. shot him mm-hmm. why he got killed how long he persevered yeah and um we get more of that story later um but it's when she kind of like leans forward and tells him quid pro quo doctor mm-hmm. then it's when we we get the the glass reflection shot and yeah. um quid pro quo i tell you things you tell me things not about this case though about yourself quid pro quo Yes or no? Yes or no, Clarice? Poor little Catherine is waiting. Go, Doctor. What is your worst memory of childhood? Death of my father. Tell me about it and don't lie, or I'll know. He was a town marshal, and one night he surprised two burglars coming out of the back of a drugstore. They shot him. Was he killed outright? No, he was very strong. He lasted more than a month. My mother died when I was very young, so... (laughs) My father had become the whole world to me, and uh, when he left me, I had nothing. I was 10 years old. You're very frank, Larry's. I think it would be quite something to know you in private life. Quid pro quo, Doctor. So tell me about Miss West Virginia. Was she a large girl? Yes. Big through the hips, Romy? They all were. What else? She had an object deliberately inserted into her throat. Now. That hasn't been made public yet. We don't know what it means. Was it a butterfly? Yes, a moth. Just like the one we found in Benjamin Raspail's head an hour ago. Why does he place them there, Doctor? The significance of the moth is change. Caterpillar into chrysalis or pupa, and from thence into beauty. Our belly wants to change, too. And then we cut to Chilton recording everything, which I think is his right, as it's his hospital again. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he's not a scumbag. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I like that you're taking this angle. I wasn't expecting it. So, well, I mean, it gives you something to think about. Like, yeah. it, is he ethically allowed to record a conversation between an inmate and a federal agent if it's his hospital? I don't think so. I don't. I don't know the answer to that I question. I don't either. But I mean, I mean, there are like nuptials written beforehand or something. Yeah. You know, well, or disclosure but, agreements. You know, bringing you bringing this up that he's recording this and everything. That's when we get introduced to the pen. Yes. And that's so beautifully. Well, we get to that. We get introduced to the pen because after Chilton records everything he sends it up like is this fucking real or what is the whole deal to send Hep Lecter yes, away yes yes turns out it's full, they're full of sh- the FBI's full of shit right 
So a new deal is on the table. So Catherine Martin's mom, who yeah. Catherine Martin, who's in the well right now, her mom's a senator. Yeah. And she's like, look, I'll make a deal with this Lecter guy. Yeah. So, but when he's getting, when Lecter's getting boxed up in his pen to, and we finally see the mask. No, not then. No, no, no. We, don't, we don't see the mask until Memphis. Mm-hmm. Um, when we finally get, when he gets boxed up in his pen, Barney's wrapping him up and everything. The pen's on the bed. Yeah. But, but when you, we see him recording, he's, he's like doing this with the pen. Like holding in his mouth. Yeah, he's like, he's just. Because he is. I didn't never no, picked he up is. on that. No, one thousand percent, and uh-huh. it's foreshadowing. Like it's the, it's the. Well, he does that. He does that when he first meets Clarice. He has the, the same pen, and he's like, right. So you know. they're weaving it into the story so beautifully before you even realize that is a, that without that pen, the stuff later doesn't even happen. Yes, correct. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, did you see um Jojo Rabbit? Not yet. It's on my in my oh. voodoo queue. I want to watch it. It's so good. I have to watch that in 1917. Yes. Still, yes. Um, there's. We'll talk about Jojo Rabbit later. There was a point I was going to make, but I can't make it because it'll completely ruin it for you. Okay. Thank you for not doing that. You're then. welcome. Um, you still think you're going to walk on some beach and see the birdies? No, I don't think so. I called Senator Ruth Martin. She never had any deal with you. They scammed you, Hannibal. Stand outside. And shut the door. There never was a deal with Senator Martin, but there is now. I designed it. Of course, I worked in a few conditions for my own benefit as well. Identify Buffalo Bill by name. And if the girl is found in time, Senator Martin will have you transferred to Brushy Mountain State Prison in Tennessee. Answer me, Hannibal. You answer me now, or by God, you'll never leave this cell. Who is Buffalo Bill? His first name is Lewis. Much of the rest of the senator herself, but only in Tennessee. And I have a few conditions of my own. Clean him up and get him ready to go. Before we do the whole Memphis, we we, mm-hmm. we, we scuffle down to Memphis. We uh, get our probably the most second or third most rehearsed or, or quoted part of this movie is mm-hmm. the lotion in the basket mm. put the lotion on the skin mm-hmm. and it's i like the breakdown of Catherine martin's character how right before we see her mom mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. she's crying for her mother she is reduced to a child again mm-hmm. she's so scared mm-hmm. she's so mm-hmm. stressed she's yeah. beaten down and yeah. this guy is like treating her like she's nothing right Just put the lotion on your skin Okay, it, and then he gets. It, he refers to it as it. Yep, it puts the lotion on mm-hmm. the skin. And yeah, like that's. We that gotta whole... love Precious though. Can we just talk about that dog? That dog looks just like my dog, and I love that dog. <laughs> I feel bad for that dog. It's a good dog. It's a little puppy. Yeah. Little puppers. Yeah. Doesn't know any better. Doesn't yeah. know. Doesn't know where it's well, at. Yeah, we'll get there. Um. Oh, sorry. 
It rubs the lotion on its skin. It does this whenever it's told. Mr. My family will pay cash. Whatever ransom you're asking for, they'll pay it. It rubs the lotion on its skin, or else it gets the hose again. Yes, you will, precious. You will get the hose. Okay. 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 Mr. If you let me go, I won't. I won't press charges, I promise. See, my mom is a real important woman. I, I guess you already know that. Now it places the lotion in the basket. Please. Please. Oh, I go home, please. It places the lotion in the basket. I want to see my mommy. Please, no. Oh, it's okay. Oh, it's okay. Oh, it's okay. What the fucking lotion in the basket? So we go to Memphis mm -hmm. and to see Catherine Martin's mom, who yeah. wants to issue the deal with Lecter to get ball rolling on finding who out who Buffalo Bill is. And when they do the transfer release paperwork. The, the cops are like, hey, man, to sign this, we have a legal transfer, and Sheldon's looking for his pen. And they do that great push-in mm -hmm. zoom on his on Lecter's face. Yeah. He's now wearing that great mask. Yeah. Oh, that's... So, so good. It was funny. There, I was watching the Academy Awards, oh, years ago, and they were doing... They're right... They're about to introduce the Best Actor Award. This, I don't know what year this was. Mm. But before they did that, they did a quick, quick, real quick cut montage of all the Best Actor yeah. winners. And when they got to that to Lecter, there was that shot of him being <gasps> zoomed. It was like so good. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. They have a back and forth, Lecter and the senator, and he kind of, I like how he kind of pushes every, everyone's buttons, mm -hmm. um, which is, it shows his brilliance. Yeah. Um, it shows he's still, the guy wrapped up is the most powerful guy in that room. Absolutely. And uh, Charming. Take this thing back to Baltimore. So they say about me when I'm out of here for too long. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Take this thing back to Baltimore. Oh, that's funny. It's truly what they say about me when I'm. <laughs> Get out. That was pretty funny. Thank you. I'm a funny that, gal sometimes. That was pretty funny. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. But then we have the Clarice's down there in Memphis. Okay. Oh, go ahead. Are, were you, are we done talking about this conversation that he has? About with because, the senator? Yeah, because we have things to talk about with that. Go ahead. Do you, do you realize what he says to her? What the last thing is that he says to her? Love your suit. Put it together, John. Don't do this to me in my show. Come on. What does he mean? Buffalo Lovers. Bill is making a suit out of these women's skin. I never put that together. That's one. I of thought the... it was just him being a fucking asshole. No, he knows. He knows. Of course he knows, but I, I don't know. Yeah, but looking, but knowing that. I kind of think it's a reach, if I'm being honest. No, absolutely not. Again, there's nothing that made, there. there's no wasted dialogue in this film. Fair. I'm not arguing that it's not it, but I'm like, it. Why would I, he tell her love your suit? 
why does he say anything? He's a fucking I, no, because he's a manipulator and he's he knows. Okay, but but at this point, no one knows else. No else knows what he what Buffalo Bill is trying to do. Lecter Lecter does, and which the, is uh, why the he audience gets that line in there. But see, the audience doesn't think... even know yet. Right. So that was a. I mean, it was a foreshadow, if anything. It is, and they had to go back and like really think about why he said that, which is why I've, I've never thought about it until now. I think, but I think that's exactly why he says that line. I mean, maybe. I I'm, I stand by that. Okay, you're gonna die on that hill. I'm gonna die on that as hill. As you say, okay. I'm gonna die on that hill because I don't think, like I said, in, a, in something that's so well done as this, that's not just a throwaway line. No, I mean the more I think about it, I'm sure it was when the light will click on with me. I guess I never really thought much into it. I, yeah, I always you just I, think he's because the whole time he's like, the why is he telling her you know toughen your nipples like why you know I know why he's doing because he can yeah and he, he's 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 flexing on everybody in the room absolutely so and then that's all how I that's what I pulled from that last bit of dialogue was just him just like one last little hey I, I'm still in power here that's why that's why I took from it at least. I, I don't disagree with you with that, but I think specifically saying, like, love your suit, and then Clarice later on refers to it, he's he's sewing or making a suit out of women's skin. Mm-hmm. That is purposeful, and I will die on that hill. Okay. This uh, is, I'm analyzing. This is what I are. do. That's fine. And I'm, I'm telling you, that's why that line is in there. I okay. could write paper on that. Okay. On that one line on yeah. dialogue? Yeah. I'm sure you could. I know I could. So, um. I want to I want to know if the people agree with me out there. After people hear this, I want to hear what people think. Well, I'll make sure those, those nine people <laughs> chime in on this. You're going to get a ton of followers after I tweet this out to my followers. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Senator Martin. Dr. Hannibal Lecter. Dr. Lecter, I brought an affidavit guaranteeing your new rights. You want to read it before I sign. I won't waste your time or Catherine's time bargaining for petty privileges. Clarice Starling and that awful Jack Crawford have wasted far too much time already. I only pray they haven't doomed the poor girl. Let me help you now and I will trust you when it is all over. You have my word, Paul. Buffalo Bill's real name is Lewis Friend. I met him just once. He was referred to me in April or May 1980 by my patient Benjamin Raspell. They were lovers, you see. But Raspell had become very frightened. Apparently, Lewis had murdered a transient and done things with the skin. We need his address and a physical description. Tell me, Senator, did you nurse Catherine yourself? What? Did you breastfeed her? Now, wait a minute. Yes, I did. Toughened your nipples, didn't it? Oh, son of a bitch. Amputate a man's leg and he can still feel it tickling. Tell me, Mom, when your little girl is on the slab, where will it tickle you? Take this thing. Baltimore. Five for ten, strongly built, about 180 pounds. 
eyes. Uh, blonde eyes, pale blue. He'd be about 35 now. He said he lived in Philadelphia, but may have lied. That's all I can remember, Mom. But if I think of any more, I will let you know. Oh, and Senator, just one more thing. Love your suit. So uh, then we have our final, final meeting between Clarice yes. and Dr. Lecter. Oh, my God, yeah. And this is my favorite one. Yes. Shit pops off after this, too. Like, it's going to get fucking wild, and it, I love it. It gets crazy. Um, and we finally – this is probably the smartest way to unravel the title of a film. Yeah. Because oh – God. I just got chills. So good. And it still has never quite said the silence of the lambs. Correct. But hang on, hang on, hang on. Sorry. So I like the dialogue here with Lecter and Clarice because you can she's getting frustrated. Mm-hmm. She's stressed. She's almost at her wit's end. Mm-hmm. She fucked up with the whole fake uh, yeah. uh, vacation deal for Lecter. She's like, I'm still in training. So she's still like, my cat's making noises. <laughs> so she still like, you know, really, really pressed to get this thing, this mm-hmm. thing done. And but now she, her and Lecter have a rapport. He likes her. He respects her. Yeah. I I, I feel that coming yeah. through. Um, I don't think he needs to say it. Um, and he also, I mean, this whole time he's protected her, right? Like even thinking back to Miggs, like mm-hmm. he did that to Miggs because he was protecting her, and I think he's just always protecting her for whatever reason. I I, I, I like the whole he covets mm-hmm. uh, but I like how she's she's trying to think of the answer of why Buffalo Bill is doing these things yeah um what does he do this man you seek he kills people he's like no that's incidental mm. he, and he's, he's teaching her yeah that you're missing the point the mm. fact that he kills people is just a byproduct of what he's trying to do yeah so true and how very thoughtful or did Jack Crawford send you for one last wheedle before you're both booted off the case? No, I came because I wanted to. People will say we're in love. Anthrax Island. That was an especially nice touch, Clarice. Yours? Yes. Yeah. That was good. Pity about poor Catherine, though. Tick-tock, 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 tick-tock. Your anagrams are showing, Doctor. Lewis Friend. Iron Sulfide, also known as, as Fool's Gold. Oh, Clarice, your problem is you need to get more fun out of life. You were telling me the truth back in Baltimore, sir. Please continue now. Well, I've read the case files, have you? Everything you need to find him is right there in those pages. And tell me how. First principles, Clarice. Simplicity. Read Marcus Aurelius. Of each particular thing, ask, what is it in itself? What is its nature? What does he do, this man you seek? He kills women. No, that is incidental. What is the first and principal thing he does? What needs does he serve by killing? Anger. Um, social acceptance and uh, sexual frustrations. No, he covets. That is his nature. And how do we begin to covet, Clarice? 
Do we seek out things to covet? Make an effort to answer now. No. We just... Now, we begin by coveting what we see every day. Don't you feel eyes moving over your body, Clarice? And don't your eyes seek out the things you want? What? The quid pro quo. And he wants to know the most horrible memory of her childhood. And it's those lambs that were being led to slaughter. They're slaughtering the spring lambs. Mm -hmm. And they were screaming. And, yeah. and so he connects the dots. Like, if you find this Buffalo Bill, it'll be the end of the screaming of yeah. the lambs. And she is so emotional in that, in this moment, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, she is completely. Yeah. And then, because not only she got this whole big monkey on her back of this case, but also yeah. she has to like spill the beans, not only to a, not only about very hard personal memory. Yeah. She has to tell it to a person who is licensed at one point to hear this stuff, but also yeah. is a, is one of the last people you want to have in your head, right? Giving you advice. But yeah. she's made that agreement with him, you know? And she made a deal with the devil yeah. in a way. But it ends back, doesn't backfire on her. Um, and I like uh, when he hands her back the case file mm. through the bars. Now he's finally behind bars. He's mm. in this little makeshift prison in Memphis in some ballroom in this hotel. So I and, love it. But I love he, it. Like, he, how he grazes his, his finger yeah, against hers. Yeah, and that's why I kind of asked you that sexual question <laughs> earlier. Because it, it's like, is that, like, I've oh, I always, it's so funny because there's, like I said, I've seen this film so many times. Sometimes I'm like, oh, that, that was like weirdly sexual. And sometimes I'm like, what was that? Like, I don't know. I feel like I feel different every time I watch it, watch that scene in particular. I, I don't like, think it's sexual. What do you think I it think is? it's just connection. Mm, yeah. Okay. It's just a simple connection because I think despite his intelligence. Yeah. Despite his education, mm -hmm. despite his uh, prowess yeah. of crime, he's still a human being. Yeah. And I and he touch. feels and he feels a connection because since his incarceration, he's dealt with shithead doctor, mm -hmm. asshole bunkmates, essentially. Yeah. You know, and here's someone he finally has a connection with because yeah. there's a respect there. Because mm -hmm. I think. Doctor or, or, or Clarice doesn't treat Doctor Lecter like a zoo animal, right? In she, a cage, like he is. Exactly. Yeah. And so he's like, you know what? You're you're a cool cat, little Clarice. I'm gonna keep you around. And basically, that's why I think how he, why he treats her so well. Right. And goes to show you kids how far respect can get you. <laughs> what did you do? I went downstairs outside. I crept up into the barn. I was, I was so scared to look inside, but I had to. What did you see, Clarice? What did you see? Lambs. They were screaming. They were slaughtering the spring lambs? And they were screaming. And you ran away? No. First I tried to free them. I... I opened the gate to their pen, but they wouldn't run. They just stood there, confused. They wouldn't run. But you could, and you did, didn't you? Yes. 
I took one lamb and I ran away as fast as I could. Where were you going, Clarice? I don't know. I didn't have any food, any water, and it was very cold. Very cold. I thought... I thought if I could save just one, but... He was so heavy. I didn't get more than a few miles when the sheriff's car picked me up. Rancher was so angry, he sent me to live at the Lutheran Orphanage in Postman. I never saw the ranch again. What became of your lamb, Clarice? I killed him. You still wake up sometimes, don't you? You wake up in the dark and hear the screaming of the lamb. Do you think if you save poor Catherine, you could make them stop, don't you? You think if Catherine lives, you won't wake up in the dark ever again to that awful screaming of the lambs? I don't know. I don't know. Thank you, Clary. So she gets booted out of there by Dr. Chilton and company out of this where Hamble's cell is. And... She goes back up, up, back up to Washington, the not the denouement per se, but like this great scene that is probably like my favorite scene in the whole film, hands down. From this, from when they set the tray down, me too. This is my to the ambulance, to the ambulance. This Everything. Is my favorite. Yes, this is, this is. I think I wrote in my notes that um, this might be my favorite scene ever in any film. Honestly, it's perfectly executed. It is cinema. It is choreography. It is beautiful. It's Uh, so I want to start with the music. The piano that's playing. It's um, I don't know what the I had the I had the piece written down somewhere, but I can't Mm -hmm. recall it now. But you know, and they have the drawing of Clarice holding the lamb. Mm. You know, I love that little bit. So good. Because, you know, what's so good about this scene is even people who don't analyze and study film, people who are, like, our surface-level yes. viewers can yes. still appreciate yes. everything. Yes, and that's why it's so good. You don't need to dig too deep here. Well, and also, like, and there's... the pen comes back. Yes. Well, the pen, the, the lip of it. Right. So, go ahead, you are saying no, something? No, I was just going to say that, you know, talk, you saying, like, even surface-level film viewers who aren't analyzing and they're just consuming, right? I was trying last night when I was rewatching for you know the millionth time, trying to think about what I would have felt the first time I was watching it, like trying to remember how it felt the first time I was watching it, and realizing that I'm still feeling that same feeling the first time I'm watching it. You know what I mean? Right. Um. Yeah. I'm listening. Instagramming. Well, because I got a notification that popped mm. up. Um, and they annoy me. Hmm. I, I'd rather just turn off all of my notifications because I, I see it and I want to turn it off because yeah. like, I'm AC or ACD. OCD. I am crazy. Um, and sometimes when I get like a Facebook message, a little uh-huh. notification pops up, I want yeah. it to go away. Mm. But if, if, like it's like Instagram, it'll say scene or it'll, it'll have my little icon will pop mm-hmm. down next to it so they or the other person will know 
I've seen it. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh man, do I, do I risk having a conversation right now with somebody? Mm-hmm. You know, I like I just don't want to talk to anybody, but also don't want a bunch of red numbers on my iPhone. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm an asshole. So anyway. <laughs> Why don't you just turn off the notifications on your phone then? Because I, I you don't want to not be disconnected. Of course. Completely. Yeah. I'm, wow. I'm, I'm, I'm hardwired in. Such a first world problem that we have on our hands. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, I, what was I talking about? Um, well, so we're in. Assuming you're going to edit the, that out. The surface level consumers can just oh, appreciate, yeah. and, you, and you're trying to recall when I you first. Trying, yeah, like the first time I saw this, I, I'm feeling the same thing again even though i know what's going to happen right mm-hmm. a, a scene that can make you feel that way every time every time yeah it's like so good it's so good and the pen comes back mm-hmm. he lecter is handcuffed to the cage while the officers bring him his second dinner which is lamb chops which he's not there to eat the lamb chops right he's there to get the fuck out of dodge right well, and like you said, going back to like how beautifully it's edited, like this, this like these reveals of the pen, like the like the camera showing us. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. He gets out of the handcuffs, oh, cuffs so the one guy, then bites the face of the oh other cop, God, yeah. maces him, then beats the cop he he manacled to the cage. He mm-hmm. beats him to death. And uh, a buddy of mine once said. When he's being beating him, looks like he's conducting. It's beautiful. You know, and I the, love it. The blood splattering everywhere. That's what that shot of where they show the dinner with the blood blood splatter, mm-hmm. blood spatter. That's just like parasite. Oh, look at that! Rather parasite, it's like this. Correct. Yeah, that's definitely an odd. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah, um, a little Easter egg, if you will. I will. Um. Find the drawings, please. Thank you. So then, so uh, oh yeah, it's great. Um, that's actually, one, one, <coughs> excuse me. That's okay. One of my favorite shots ever. Like I said, I think in all of like this scene, but I think the shot specifically where he's completed what he wanted to do, and the camera's kind of like pulling up, like it's like overhead, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like him, like this. Yeah, I'm throwing my head back. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That is like my favorite shot. Ever. Like, I'm obsessed. In the history of cinema. Like, I want that framed somewhere. <laughs> like, okay. it's so good. Like, 
it's just like he's in this euphoria like he like you know what I, do you get what I'm he, saying? he dials right back in oh God, to so his natural state yeah for himself you know he's killed he's yeah. got his music he's yeah. he's just on cloud nine he's, yeah, he needs exactly. to just get out ready when you are Sergeant Pamela and the and camera showing you that feeling that he's feeling yeah. that camera movement shows you that right mm-hmm he uh so the cops downstairs are like the hell is going on with the elevator? Got this guy's mustache, yeah. It's perfect. It's so good. Sergeant Tate. <laughs> and uh, they go up to the to the room, and Lecter's Lecter's missing. I just, but I love the the buildup of that elevator scene too, like of them realizing it, realizing kind what's happening, putting it together, kind of putting it together. They've all started sweating. Um, it's just very like. I, it, it could this could have been really cheesy i'm surprised they didn't have cameras in that room that's one thing i never understood why that he was under surveillance you know what i mean like like i, I get it mm. maybe there it was it was like last minute maybe they had a tight budget maybe they had all these logistics they couldn't work I, out they I, couldn't provide that yeah but i'm like I just don't think he's it also was... dr lecker he's not like just some gangbanger well, or but whatever I think they think they have it all under control right very presumptuous yeah. were, yes exactly um very yeah very sure of themselves right um these memphis boys thought they had it on lockdown <laughs> dr lecter ain't going nowhere boy <laughs> they were fucking wrong they were so wrong so they get up there um the one guy is like splayed open to, like i don't know how Lecter got him up there right so better not to think about it just but you just don't live in the moment You're right just like, oh shit which also this will um you know kind of i don't want to you know whatever but did you notice that is very much so apparent in midsummer in that one scene the 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 blood eagle scene when yeah. the, when the english guys in the shed yes yeah yeah as soon as, as, soon as, as I backwards. saw, well, whatever. It's, yeah. But as soon as I saw it, I was like, "Oh my god, it's very Silence of the Lambsy." Mm -hmm. We'll get to it, whatever. Oh, but... there's a whole bit of that I'll talk about on okay. that summer. Okay. Um, but I, I, yeah. But yeah, when you're, he's up. He looks like an angel, but it's so. It's so dark. grotesque. Yes. It's so over the top. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, and then Pembry is laying on the ground, mm -hmm. and he's barely breathing, and they and they can't find the the, the weapon's gone. And yeah. They say Lecter got off a, a shot, mm -hmm. and they find Lecter's body on top of the elevator, mm -hmm. and he won't oh, move. They, yeah. Well, I and I love how they find his body, like the blood's coming from the Drop, ceiling, dripping down. Oh my god, yeah. And then oh, it's just like, it, again, like trying to think about like what was I thinking the first time I saw this. You're thinking like, oh my God, that one police officer is still alive. Oh my God, where's this blood coming from? And then they think like, okay, he's on top of the elevator. Right. And and then, yeah, they fire off the shot and it's like, hey, we need him alive. So like shoot him in the leg and then they shoot him in the leg and it's, it's, he doesn't move. And did you ever think that was him? You're like, oh fuck, he's oh, dead. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know. Right. My first viewing, I'm like, yeah. I don't know what was going on. Right. So, and that's. For a first-time viewer, mm -hmm. it's 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 it flows perfectly. Oh my god, it's so good. Yeah, because you're just, you're just not sure. You know, yeah. Pembry's on the ground; he's still mm -hmm. breathing. They get, they cart him out out of there, mm -hmm. and then they get him into the ambulance. Yeah. But when they finally they stop the elevator, 
right as they get Pembry out, he's on the gurney, they get him out, mm-hmm. and then they pull up, they pull up the t- the the top hatch of the elevator, open it up, and his body falls mm. down. You see the reaction, but you don't, see, you know, they don't, you don't, you don't see the guy's face. Yep. And come to find out, cut to the ambulance. Yes. It's not Pembry after all. It's Doctor Lecter. Oh my God. With M- Pembry's, should... also very midsummer. Oh. <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he pulls off Pembry's face, and and, and but like the next shot. As Susie pulls oh his mask of her dropping the phone and running, <sighs> you're like shit. Yeah, like oh my god, like I just wish I could erase my memory and watch it over for the oh first god. time. Because I know I was like a child the first time I watched this. Like that's a yeah. whole nother thing to unpack. But mm-hmm. you know, just like oh my, like like you said, the realization and it and it's happening so fast, right? Like it's like oh shit. You realize it's not him from the elevator. Oh, cut to the ambulance. And he just, like the, I don't even know what the word is that I'm looking for, but just like the, him pulling the fate. Like, you know, it just is so definite. It's not like sneaky. It's like very much showing you what's happening at this point. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, but I think the, the rest of this film just takes off. Yeah. That's what, like it I said. It speeds through, it's a speed around to the end. Yes. And I think Shit that's why just popping off I think after this. I think that's why, in many ways, Lecter is kind of the linchpin for this mm-hmm. movie, because once he gets he gets loose, everything kind of just rolls. And and what I mean by that, I mean like the rest of the tempo of the film yeah. just kind of oh, pushes. The, temp- the pacing picks up, like we said, from um, right after uh, the. Um, the last meeting between him and Clarice, it's just like from there on the the pacing is just completely different. Yeah, so and, and so um, we had the goodbye horses scene with him dancing, tucking back his junk, Buffalo Buffalo Bill mm-hmm, that is, mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. not Doctor Lecter, and uh, oh, wouldn't that be interesting? Well, that would be something else. <laughs> um, and uh, <laughs> well, they kind of wrap it up kind of quickly because they um. Uh, uh, Doctor, or I keep talking. Want to say Doctor Crawford, Jack Crawford. Mm-hmm. He's on the plane and he, and he t- radios to Clarice. Hey, we found this guy because they traced the 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 purchasing of those of those moths from Suriname back to a fake name, James Gum, Jamie mm-hmm. Gum, and then give the address. And they all, it kind of happens not too neatly, but it's like. It, it was like a whole Law and Order episode mm-hmm. in like twelve minutes. Mm-hmm. It is kind of like, and mm-hmm. here's the bad guy. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I, I like how um, when Buffalo Bill he kind of tries to play it straight mm-hmm. when Clarice is at, is at the door, mm-hmm. and like the, the the duality where they're they're Buffalo Bill's coming up out of his basement while the SWAT guys oh are, are like are like that parallel editing. Co- covering or like trying to cornering closing in on the house that and parallel. ends up it's the wrong house and Clarice is there not the team that parallel editing edit, parallel editing is so perfect they, go ahead oh they got two, the, the well they had two different addresses mm-hmm. and they were so so sure of one they sent the whole whole you know yeah. armada to this one house and Cla- poor little clarice is all by herself that's the other thing is like again she's alone she's alone she's alone she's and, alone that theme you know and i i put down this too like i didn't really um 
I saw a show a couple times before, but he's got uh, Buffalo Bill has like some Nazi paraphernalia. Yeah, I know. I noticed that. And I'm like, that's interesting. Like what? The set design of the home, his home, right, is so good. His basement, his basement oh looks God. like it's a, enormous. The way it's, it's put so together, good. and just all of the set design, right? Like all of the production design. I love how, um, you know, when the SWAT team's coming up on the one house, you're looking at it and you're like, "Hmm, this just looks like an average neighborhood," and it's that feeling of like. You never know what your neighbors are up to. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, even though this isn't the right house, right? It's also right. still what his house looks like. But I do want to backpedal a little bit because this is something that um, they talked about in this episode. Do you ever listen to the podcast Movie Crush? I know of it. I don't okay. think I listen to it. So this is where I was going earlier when uh, I mentioned the My Favorite Murder Girls, Karen and Georgia, who I am obsessed with. And this is, like, fully, like – I agree with them, but I think this is an important point to make that they did. They were on the, an episode of Movie Crush and they talked about Silence of the Lambs. It's a great episode. And they talk about how um, she's doing the searching around. And this is when, before she goes to him and she finds it, she goes to the house and finds Buffalo Bill, she realizes that he's putting a suit together, right? That's yeah. that's that. So we skipped over that. So let's go back and, and talk about that because this is so true and this is why we know that Clarice is so good and she's figuring this out because she's a woman. She goes and she's in that house of the, the one victim. And that's when she realizes that the, she sees the dress with like the sewing. Right. And that's when she realizes that he, she puts it together. Right. And I think Mm -hmm. that's so important because she's doing this, like, you know, going through the house and things. And I just think like as a woman, she's paying so much attention and detail purposely as a woman and I just don't think that could have ever been pulled off if she was a man like a man detective FBI agent right right because she's going in the house and when she looks in that um jewelry box and she finds those like polaroids do you remember that yes it's that's telling the audience that like Clary's pays special attention to detail right like, and because she's a woman, you know, she had, the, she might've had this jewelry box and knew like, oh, I hid things back in that. Like she knows to like follow those little leads. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I, I, I see what you're saying. Like her being a woman and maybe, maybe she had a little jewelry box. Yeah. It could have had a little stowaway dash, stash yeah. hole for stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but I think. I mean, but like you think that, that uh, like a, a male detective wouldn't have at all Mm-mm. like a, a male detective who's like trained for years i think he would have walked in that room looked around and been like hm, nothing here interesting i just don't think in general maybe, I'm, maybe. Making, I'm making a generality here but i don't think men pay that close attention to detail i don't, I don't know i think it's i think i it, think for this story especially is what i'm saying okay but for that one scene i don't think it's a man a woman thing i think it's a difference of of um it would be a difference of job description what do you mean so a detective yeah. man or woman is there to detect yeah. and would follow clues i think a man or woman is very capable of doing those things i think any any detective worth his or her salt would know sometimes people hide things in places and mm-hmm. if they have if they have the green light to to rummage through yeah 
they might actually find those same things. Yeah. But like your your B cop or your average agent, perhaps, mm-hmm. maybe not so much. Yeah. So I mean, I I could see it both ways. Right, but I think they and 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 I definitely don't disagree with you. I agree with what you're saying. Um, but I think making it a feminine thing is again telling the audience that this is different because she's a woman. I think it's just playing to that theme again is what is my, the point that I'm trying to make. Like it, making it a jewelry box, making it that, you know. I mean, we're also we're dealing with women victims as right. well. So, I mean, so it, by that nature, and I, I'm just playing devil's advocate. Yeah. Um, and, you know, do you think Clarice would not have done so well if they had been male victims? Maybe she doesn't have the same sensibilities as a man i get i get like the it's traditionally will be women victims because of just sadly how the world is and Mm. what we're looking at but Mm. i don't know i think it's just a little too you think i'm reaching again but i think i'm no not that you're reaching i just think it's um i think i well maybe i do think you're reaching trying to find a better way to say it though it's um just because she's a, a woman so I think the argument you're trying to say is because she's a woman, she does but really well here in this one scene, where in like a maybe a man would not. Right. So. So I think we're it's a little bit chasing the narrative of this is a complete man versus a woman film, which I don't think it is. I think it's also. I don't uh, think it's man versus woman either. I think it's just woman. Well. I mean, well, yeah, think about it. everyone else in this film is a woman. I mean, is a, is a man, but mm-hmm. Clarice, everyone, and, and the right. victims. So, the w- woman in power ever besides Clarice is the senator. So, and she's not even in power, which we talked about. Exactly, she's not. So, Jack Crawford, Buffalo Bill, Hamlet, yeah, Doctor Chilton, um, uh, everyone, yeah, is sure. But you know, I mean. It's like it's it's like I feel like you're trying to make the case that this case was almost tailor made for as slippers for Clarissa slip into and 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 walk to the end, which I guess in her character development and serves as a story for her character specific growth, sure. Yeah. But I also think like a, um, anyone could have if they were a tenacious like because. What what empowers Clarice? I don't think it's because she's a woman. I think she's because she's tenacious and she wants to do very well. She just happens to be a woman who has a lot of obstacles in front of her. Right, and that's what I think I'm really trying to get at is that like this story would be completely different if she wasn't a woman. A hundred percent. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So, I mean, kind of deep dove a little bit there with the, you know. It's it's your phone going off because I'm not popular right. like you are. Shut up. So. <laughs> Shut up. Okay. So, but yes. So, Clarice does follow her nose. Yes. And, and figures out that it's a suit again. Mm-hmm. We're going back to that foreshadowing of him saying, "Love your suit." We are. Um, I I want to say that I feel like that's those two points in the film are so far apart. It sometimes is hard unless you do a thorough deep re- uh, rewatch you might not put those dots together mm-hmm. i certainly didn't but i don't catch everything either you know um there's a lot to catch in this film right i i will die on that hill that's purposeful that's fun i'm not arguing with you yeah no i know um 
Um, that's what I'm saying is like I, I, I just am passionate saying in, in all really well done films there's not a wasted shot there's not a wasted line of dialogue and I think that's why I make that connection yeah okay sure um and but that's why you know it, the big tie-in that comes now in this current scene where she finally meets Buffalo Bill mm-hmm. is the night vision goggles yeah. remember how how does she figure out it's him like what was so, what, what tipped her no, off no 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 so okay so she's in the house right she gets in the house and he's getting her um some card like a business card or whatever and she sees the moth she sees a moth that's right yeah yeah and then he does and he realizes that she realizes that's right that's right that's right and he does that weird like he just like lets all the business cards fall out of his hand and he like Mm -hmm. slithers away and you're just like oh like he's he gives you the creeps yeah she sees the moth and she's like she does that like uh can i use your phone please Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know and you're just like i mean yeah it's like how what else would you do in that moment she's all alone she's realized what's happening here yeah i feel like uh he was very confident comfortable with running away from her he hasn't listened to any of her commands Right. I mean, either way, I feel like he wouldn't listen to anybody because his back's kind of against the wall. Yeah. He knows he's busted. I don't know what he would plan on doing, like killing her and then, like, nope, didn't see her. She didn't come by here, officers. Right, right. Are you close to catching somebody, you think? Yes, we may be. Did you take over this place after Mrs. Littman died? Is that right? Yeah, I bought this house uh, two years ago. Did she leave any records, any business records, tax forms, list of employees? No, nothing like that at all. Say, has the FBI learned something? The police around here don't seem to have the first clue. Fingerprints, anything like that? No. No, we don't. Here's that number. Very good, Mr. about it too like he's psycho Mm -hmm. and he doesn't he thinks he's not gonna ever get caught right and and um (laughs) sorry i'm laughing at auto um he doesn't think he'll get caught and even when she's at his door um he even says something when he lets her in like oh they have like 
have they caught that guy or whatever? Mm-hmm. You know, he says something like that, like where he's like, he thinks he's invincible. Like he thinks he's fine. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so he runs away and she chases him down and she sees the basement and she mm-hmm. is horrified when she discovers Catherine Martin. Yeah. And the, li- the condition she's living in. Yeah. And I love all of this, too, because I think they did it really well, where, like, Catherine was so real. Um, she wasn't like, oh, my God, I'm so glad you thank you so much for being here. It's like she's still freaking out, you know? Right. Um, she's like, don't leave me. He's like, like, she's, like, yelling at her. And saying things like, don't leave me down here, you bitch, or like whatever she says. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so real because she's so at her wit's end at this point. Yeah. You know? Um, and I just love that, that. I mean, that's something, again, so subtle. Mm-hmm. But I think it could have been really different if it was like a typical film that was like, you know, oh, my God, thank you. You made it. Thank you so much. Oh, my God, you're here. You know? Right. And she didn't she didn't say that or do that. Um, it was very, very well done, I think. Uh, her having that reaction that she had of like, and and Clary's trying to reassure her like, you're I'm here, you're safe, like you know, like mm-hmm. I'm gonna, it, you know, they're on their way, you know, whatever. Sure. But she doesn't know if they're on their own their way, you know, like. No, she's saying that so Bill could hear her say that. Right. <clears throat> so. But yeah, so he he cuts the lights. It's yeah. pitch black. He's got the night vision oh. goggles on, and that whole scene is scary. Oh my god! And like her breathing, her breathe. Like I just wrote the breathing and underlined it a million times, um, because the way she breathes, it's so real. Like think yeah. of times where you've been scared, and you're just like, <gasps> mm-hmm. totally. <gasps> you know, and and just like that, you feel, like I'm trying to like, oh god, seeing that in a movie theater. Could you imagine? Yeah, that's that's how frightening, how much more frightening can you get, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, <clears throat> excuse me, how much, but, like, all you see is, like, him stalking. Yeah. Like, walk, and, he, like, he kind of messes around. He reaches out for her hair. It's and, what the whole entire film has been, right? Everyone looking at her. And g- completely. Yeah. And the look on her face when she's, like, aimlessly waving her gun around. Mm. But her face says so much. Mm-hmm. Like she's, you can tell she's like, she's definitely walking that tightrope of being a professional mm-hmm. federal agent and, or trainee in training. Um, and someone who's humanly just peaked with, with fear. Yeah. And. But you, I love like that, you know, her training's kicking in, right? Like. Yeah. She's closing all her doors. She's checking her corner. You know, all the things that we've seen her earlier fail in. Right. right. Yeah, exactly. Um, I just love how it like comes together at the end. And I like how it's the subtle uh, pushing the hammer back on the revolver of Buffalo Bill mm. that tips her off yes. right behind her. Oh, and, yeah. And she shoots right through yeah. him. She, she just expends all rounds mm. on into his body and mm. blows out the windows. So light can come in. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, it's so good. It's so good. And then, you know, I really just like, like, I, I stopped with my notes after Night Vision. Same. <laughs> because I just, it, it ends so beautifully, this yeah. whole film. Yeah. 
the end I know, of the, the last group. thing I wrote was she did it, and that was it. Like, and, I didn't take any notes. You know, she graduates, she had like, the nice big cake. <laughs> I, I saw that movie recently again, and I was like, I want some of that cake. And she gets a phone call. And But but before she gets the phone call, after she graduates, graduates Jack Crawford comes over. And I think any other time in any other film, it would have been like some sort of like, subtle through way like hey i always was really into you or some yeah. or, or, or it would have been some sort of mm-hmm. but no he keeps it cool yes professionally great yeah. work don't yep. forget about your phone call you know and he treats her like an equal mm-hmm. which is what she's always wanted this entire time mm-hmm. and she picks up the phone yeah and it's i love how dr Lecter just like knows to call this phone of course he does he, yeah he Why just fucking he... knows yeah and yeah, I love that he we don't greets her. It. Yeah. Well, he greets her with it. The lambs stop screaming. Mm, oh my God, chills. And yeah, so good. And it's like a nice, beautiful send off. Mm-hmm. Like he's like, I basically he's saying, I knew you could do it. Mm-hmm. Great yeah. work, kid. Yeah. You know, leave yeah. me alone. He's like, I can't leave you alone. And I was like, well, I'm not gonna be around. You won't. Right. I, but he, he he tells her like, I'm not gonna bother you. Yeah. I I know. So the world's more interesting with, with you, you in it. With you in it, yeah. Yep. <coughs> so the best thing to be told by a serial killer. Yeah, like right, like what, you, the ultimate get out of jail free card. Right. You are off his list. <laughs> right, officially. Like, but not the wrong way. <laughs> right. not, not scratched off, you're just erased. Yeah. Um. And 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 it, it, the camera pulls back, mm. and she's like, mm-hmm. I'm trying to like get back to him and he just hangs the phone up and he sees Dr. Chilton. Mm-hmm. He's having dinner with an old friend. Right. Oh, it's so good. And that, that ending shot is so, so great. He's I love walking, it. just into sauntering the, behind into him. Into the crowd. Just into the crowd. Yeah. What a great way to end a film. Yeah, it's so good because, and you know what else is really good about this ending is like... Tell me. <laughs> you're rooting for the serial killer. Yeah, like, and not before Bill, of course. Right. But Dr. Right. Lecter. Correct. So, like, you want him to, yeah, you want him to eat Dr. Chilton. Special Agent Starling. Special Agent Man. Phone call. Excuse me, Jim. Starling? Hilch, could you take our picture? (laughs) Sure. Look, I just wanted to say congratulations. And uh, I'm not much good at this kind of thing, so I'm going to duck out of here. Okay, sure. Uh, Thank you, Mr. Crawford. Uh, Your father would have been proud today. Don't forget your phone call. Starling. Have the lamb stopped screaming? Dr. Lecter. Don't bother with the trace. I won't be on long enough. Where are you, Dr. Lecter? I have no plans to call on you, Clarice. The world's more interesting with you in it. So you take care now to extend me the same courtesy. You know I can't make that promise. I do wish we could chat longer, but... I'm having an old friend for dinner. Bye. Dr. Lecter. Dr. Lecter. 
Dr. Lecter. So let's talk ratings. Mm-hmm. What would you give the Silence of the Lambs, what, Erica? What's my um? Uh, well, Scale. our rating system here at yeah. Blood, Sweat, and Remind Popcorn me. I know you, I know you've told me about Remind is um, we'll start. We'll, we'll start from the bottom up. Okay. Uh, F is a craptacular film. Yeah, no. A D is Never Again. Mm. A C is White Noise. Mm. Put it on the background. Yeah. Set it and forget it. Mm. B is Stream City. Mm-hmm. Netflix, Hulu. You mm-hmm. know, like, okay. Uh, a is you'd buy it, right? And then A plus is flawless victory. A plus definitely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. This is one of my, like, if I actually had to sit down and I think make a list of, this would, this would for sure be in my top five of all time. That's a pretty. I love large pot to pull from. I love this film. You know this. This is like. It's a great film. It's one of my all times. I can um. I was having a conversation with someone else about rewatchability with some with films, mm-hmm. and this is a film that uh, I can always put it on. Absolutely. And it, I don't get tired of it. Right. I, don't get, I don't get bored of it. There's so many great yeah. scenes. There's a Kubrick quote mm-hmm. um, that I really I really enjoy, mm-hmm. um, and his process of filmmaking is basically it's about chunks. Mm-hmm. And you have to make a good chunk. And when you have a series of good chunks, you're almost mm. there with the film. Yeah. And he, so basically this film is... All the good chunks together. It's just a bunch of great chunks yeah. strewn together. Strewn together. Yeah. And uh, it fires on all cylinders. Yeah. I, I can definitely see why it earned the big five Absolutely. at the Oscars. Yeah. I'm also going to give this an A+. Yeah. It's so good. There's certain films, even films I know are really good, mm-hmm. I don't give them... I don't, give them this rating um i'll give them like an a mm. um but there's a few films the silence of the lambs is one of these films where it's i it's I've, flawless I, like yeah i mean i've said this a million times i just I, with this film and this is what i think makes a film flawless there is not a wasted to me there's not a wasted line of dialogue mm-hmm. there's not a wasted um shot so and well for me what makes an a plus an a plus on top of all the the bells and whistles and and, and trimmings that go into making a great film like mm-hmm. the score the, the the acting the writing all those things yeah that had to be on point for sure but what does this film does and like what a film like goodfellas does for me at least mm-hmm. is it is so rewatchable because the story is so good yeah so this is a great, this is a great quote. Um, that it's don't make a don't um, don't create a story everyone likes. Mm. Create a story that everyone remembers. Mm-hmm. Who said that? I don't know. I said that. <laughs> True story. Mm. And this is one of those films that like I, it stays with you. Absolutely. Because it's so good, and even those little the underpinnings of the feminist side and, mm-hmm. and Clarice struggles you know being the woman right. in the man's world even first viewing a first wash through all those little nuances your average movie girl may not pick up on yeah but every time this is a film that every time you watch it you will find and discover something new right right that was meticulously planted going back to your point of nothing's wasted nothing's wasted 
everything has a purpose. Everything's on purpose. <laughs> yes. Uh, That's my point. Well, um, let's see here. We have um, covered everything that I, I feel like I would want to cover yeah, on absolutely. an episode. Um, do you have any uh, last words on this film? It's the best. Actually, I, it's funny that we didn't even talk about this. I feel like everyone, even if you haven't seen this film, knows the hello, Clarice, and that's not even the line. Yes. It's yep. good evening, right? Good evening, Clarice. Yeah. It's just so funny how, like, in society, there's all these cultural things, right? Like how we were talking about earlier, how, like, you said you knew who Hannibal was, even though you'd never seen the film, and mm -hmm. people know, like, the and Psycho, even mm -hmm. though people haven't even seen Psycho, you know? It's just so interesting to me how these cultural things, um, you know, end up in our in our world and in our society for people who have never even seen these films. Even, like, again, to your point, mm -hmm. like, um, I know you haven't seen Star Wars, but the second movie, yeah. The Empire Strikes Back, the whole... Luke, Luke, Luke But yeah, that's not I'm the not, line. Right, and it, I... and I Go ahead, sorry. No, I, I mean, lines, I am your father. Mm. Um, people would just spin it, how they yeah. best feel to remember it. yeah. And uh, and that's how they, they recall it, mm -hmm. and but yeah, so it's it's cultured yeah. now. It's yeah. it's pumped in, and then because so many films like like when the Matrix came out mm -hmm. and the whole the bullet time sequences mm -hmm. that was parodied to death in the next two years. Yeah, Almost every other film had a, had a Matrix yeah. either trying to parody or, or just trying to, to mimic. Right, and so we just kind of own these things and make them our own in a way. Mm -hmm. To include these lines of dialogue mm -hmm. that are, you know, yeah. you think about any kind of big, big quotes from the movies and who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. Right. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. No, I, the, I love that. It's one of my all time, all time. Um, it's one of the films that made me love film. So. That's great. Yeah. It says a lot about something. It's good. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, that about wraps it up here. Um, I want to thank Erica for stopping on my show, um, giving her, uh, giving us her great insight into this fantastic film. Um, next time we sit down, we're going to cover on another kind of horror film that's not your conventional mm -hmm. horror film, and I can't wait for us to uh, to dive into that one as well. But until next time, guys, thanks for stopping by, and we'll see you later. Bye. Wow, what a great chat. Thanks so much to Erica for stopping by and being my guest and giving us her awesome insight. If you like what you heard, subscribe to Blood, Sweat, and Popcorn wherever you hear podcasts. Please go check us out on social media at VSP Film Podcast. And next week, my friend Lindsay is back on and we get beamed up into another fun sci-fi flick. Did I give away what movie it was? Well, check back next week and see if you were right. Thanks again for stopping by, and until next time, take care, guys. Mm -hmm.